Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. I love of Indiana, he's manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Eric, how are you, my friend? That's become like our open without even like thinking about it, right? Except I did think about it that time. I'm did like, you? Am I, I going to say something different? No, I like the thing we do now. I am doing well. I am tired. It is Monday at 12.13 p.m. Pacific time. I woke up at 4.40 a.m. East Coast time to make my flight this morning. And we, we will get into to all that as we go through the chronology of the weekend. But I am I am tired, but I am torn emotionally about the weekend on one hand it was amazing right i mean it was just and we will go through the amazing things that that happened it's complicated and on the other hand what what happened well we're the coolers you know what i think really came out of this weekend is uh us and being at indiana sports events live it's a really really low batting average and the word is out there. We're starting to catch some heat for it. And, you know, it's not a good feeling. It's not. I want to say two things about it. Number one, I said this to you over the weekend. There is no greater um, example of how stupid, and I'm putting us in this group, fans are. Right. Then the whole, it's your your fault that they that X team lost because you went to it like that. <laughs> that is like a running thing for, I think all groups of friends. I think everybody has like somebody in their group. That's like, well, you can't let person X go to the game because they're it, to blame. It was me last season with the goons when we were doing zoom watchings of the football games, things were going great till I showed up. That's exactly right. There is no better example of how fanatical we are and irrational, if you will, and hysterical than that line of thinking. Now, the second thing I want to say about it is I totally believe it. I totally <laughs> believe it. And if it was two other jackasses who were going to all these games and promoting that they were going to the games and they kept losing, then I would tell them to sit their asses at home and stop affecting the impact, the, the outcomes of these games. Well, and it led to this survey we took over the weekend of if it meant that IU would return to elite status as truly one of the premier basketball programs on the court year in and year out, would you, would I willingly sacrifice never seeing a game in Assembly Hall again, never going to a tournament game again, 
if it meant we would just remain an elite program for the rest of our days. And we both said yes. We did, but then we did. We both said yes. But then the wrinkle that makes it even more complicated is once you agree to that arrangement, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones show up with the wand from Men in Black and they zap your brain and you have no memory that that is the agreement you entered into. All that you know is that you are not allowed to go to Indiana games, but you do not have the self-awareness that you are responsible for the success that you will witness. All you will know is you are not allowed anywhere near the program. See, now, if it was a random IU fan that this happened to and they just showed up and weren't allowed entry to Assembly Hall, it would be very confusing. But for you and I, I think as soon as we were turned away, we would just start running through all the reasons why that probably had happened to us. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) And we probably would shake their hand and say something to the effect of, I can't believe it took you this long. (laughs) (laughs) I totally get it. Go Hoosiers. (laughs) All right, look, let's get into the weekend. This is a different kind of podcast. We like to do recaps of our weekends. We'll drop in some clips from the weekend to uh, further uh, amplify the time that we had. Let's start with, uh, if you don't mind, how each of us got to Bloomington, because my story of getting to Bloomington has some obstacles. As does mine, uh, not as dramatic, not caught on video, but long story short is it put me in an intense amount of pain for the whole Bloomington experience because I met some of my dear high school buddies for the Peru Olympics at Chatham Hills Country Club. And, you know, it was all pretty innocuous with the golf and the virtual golf. Well, no, give us the events. Give us the, the events of the okay. Peru Olympics. So the Peru Olympics, organized by Mike North, and the competitors were, along with Mike himself, Jeremiah Johnson of uh, Pacers Sportscasting fame, Jared Frank, the best furniture salesman in the Midwest, Chad Comerford, Thaddeus Reed, the professional uh, tennis pro, that's redundant, at the Cincinnati Country Club, a Bearcat alumni, we'll get into that later or not, they don't deserve it. And so it was six of us, we were all in high school together in Peru, we were all varsity athletes, Um, And it was basically an old man sporting competition where it started off where we played. First, we had to draw numbers out of a hat to determine chipping order on the chipping green, a chip putt competition. That was the seating arrangement for cornhole. I did quite well in cornhole. Um, But what it's as organized and well managed as it is by Mike North. Um, He's open to some spontaneity. And unfortunately for all of us, he was open to the suggestion by Jeremiah Johnson of a one mile run to kick off the day's events. This was on Thursday. And now Michael, he does cardio aerobic exercise. I think Chad probably does some too. Chad played for Franklin College basketball. So uh, uh, a high level athlete, high level. And you look at both of them and you're like, you guys are keeping up with yourselves. The rest of us, eh, maybe not quite so much, but we all are like, yeah, one mile, let's go, let's do it. So we we drive it out in Chatham Hills neighborhood, like past Chris Ballard's house. This is a nice neighborhood. And we're all just like, well, we can just will ourselves across the finish line. And I, I, 
I cannot tell you. Because when we were working with Cliff and we were working with Terry Moran's staff and they were putting us in a lot of pain, there there were breaks. There were moments where you could catch your breath. And it in a one-mile run, which for me lasted a little bit over seven minutes. That's really good, though, Ward. I mean, over se- se- just over seven minutes is extremely fast if you are not running. It's extremely fast even if you are in shape running. But but, but if within that seven-plus minutes, in the first 30 seconds, you become painfully aware, aware of just how small your lung capacity yeah, you has now gassed. become. It's, it's just you you feel these two tiny balloons inside your chest just screaming for more oxygen. Yeah. And so it was sure uh, willpower that that got us across the line. I came in third. Chad Chad passed me, uh, but I would not let Jeremiah or Jared pass me. Mike blew us all away. Anyway, the rest of the event, then we went to, to virtual golf, which was a total disaster. One magic trick that occurred, though, this is in the basement of the country club, was that Jeremiah teed one off, and it went up into one of these drop ceilings mm-hmm. that that you could see for for over the last two or three years, how long they've had this setup was a lot of people had hit some tee shots up into these ceilings. But what was miraculous was Jeremiah's tee shot went up into the ceiling as a white ball. And then a solid beat later, a yellow ball dropped out of the ceiling. And the white ball disappeared? Never saw it again. Phenomenal. I love that. Now, where did you finish in the total Olympic standings so out of the six competitors i came in fourth and i was happy with that i thought you came in third no i came in fourth so you came in the bottom half i was the top of the bottom half i came in first in the bottom three yeah that's true (laughs) you did you did now i want to say this i'm sure the listeners are riveted by this conversation but if they're anything like me they are upset and honestly like disappointed a little bit angry that you do the Peru Olympics and not one of the events involves like who can ride a unicycle the longest, (laughs) uh, who can swallow a sword, like some (laughs) fire juggling. But I like, why is there no circus element to the Peru Olympics? Don't you think that that is a giant miss on the part of your friend who organizes it? I hope he's listening right now. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Unicycle. Yeah. Yeah. And and because one thing that's a constant debate is who has the natural advantages in each of these events because of their history. Like Chad won the horse competition because he played in college. Uh, Thaddeus was very upset. There was no racket element in any of the events because he's real good at that. Um, And when you you. Jeremiah, I think, had a season or two in the circus. I had a season or two, but none of us have any real circus skills or experience or talent. So I think this actually would be a very fair competition to enter into the Olympic Games next year. Duly noted, uh, if Mike, if you're not listening, I will text him about it later. Okay, good. I mean, and we need to hear an update. Okay, we'll keep you updated. Uh, But the point is... When I arrived in Bloomington on Friday, everything from my waist down was beginning to hurt pretty bad. I I don't have running shoes because I don't run. And it just felt like everything in my foot was broken. And even my toenails hurt. Yeah, you said that. You said on the second day, your toenails really hurt. 
Yeah, that was that on Saturday it got even worse, which is where when you and I put in like twenty thousand steps before, during, and after the game, um, it was really every bit as unpleasant as what Cliff Marshall had put us through. And the the end of this story is that Ward returned to L.A. and had his left foot amputated, <laughs> which is a bummer because you know I'm in this co-ed kickball league and I'm left footed. Do you think if you had to get your legs replaced with like those blades that you see? that you could become like really fast? Like, do you think you have it in you to, to persevere and, and become, you know, a Paralympic star? With the very latest in technology, the carbon yeah. fiber, the spring back, yeah. all that good stuff, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's your trip to Bloomington. Mine, I have to take a little bit of a step back to explain to our viewers that Thursday, was Yom Kippur. So the I want to high, go there. The highest of, of high holidays. The holiest of holy. And on Wednesday night, as, as is custom for Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, to atone for your sins, you fast. No eating, no drinking for at least, it, it turns out to be about a 26, 27 hour time period. So I had, my son got an honor on Thursday at the synagogue to like participate in the service. And I had my flight booked to come in Thursday earlier and then got guilt tripped as Jews are off to do. <laughs> and I could by no means miss that. So the only option for me was to take a red eye that left LA at 10 o'clock on Thursday night. So I had to fast. You're in synagogue all day. Services at night were going long. I had to run home, eat and drink as much as humanly possible for about 20 minutes, and then take off for the airport. And I did it. I made it. I get in the plane. I thought for sure I would sleep. No sleeping on the plane. I Rough. could not sleep. Rough. I arrive, but I will say this. The flight left on time. It arrived on time. Our good friend Evan Martin at Community Cars arranged for me to have a car that I could drive for the weekend that was waiting for me at valet when I got there. I didn't check a bag. So I was like, I mean, it was going as smooth as possible. I'm like, I'm going to get to Bloomington like before 6 a.m. I'll be able to sleep before I need to like get the day going on Friday, see you and, and really start our weekend. And I get in that car and I take off. And I am, I mean, it's, it's pitch black. I'm tired, but there is no one on the road. I mean, no one. And I am flying. There, well, I am, there, there's, there's one other person on the road. <laughs> <laughs> that did become apparent to me. As I am blasting Billy Joel music at 5 a.m. I mean, I am just going to town on Uptown Girl. And all of a sudden, like, you know, Uptown girl, she's been living in her white bread. <laughs> and everyone knows this feeling, right? Awful it feeling. Is, the stomach drops. It's the worst feeling in the world. And the lights are on and I pull over and I just know I'm dead to rights. And I'm a little worried because I am probably about I don't know, 15 miles south of Indianapolis at this point. I'm out of Indianapolis. I'm in a car that isn't mine and isn't really even a rental. 
And I'm from California. Like, I just have visions of Barney Fife just like throwing me in jail and that being the end of my trip to Bloomington and maybe even like no one ever hearing from me again. This like, is- that's it. Like like the the Rabbi and the Bahamas version, except it's the uh, Mr. Fancy Hollywood yes. getting out of the big city and, and into big trouble. So I roll down my window. Here he comes. And by the way, when it's dark at night, like that dark, and the cops are behind you with the big lights on and the brr and all that, and you can't see a damn thing. I mean, it is blinding. Right. So I don't know which side he's coming from. I'm discombobulated. And he pulls up right on side the driver's side. How you doing tonight? I'm like, well, I was better. And he goes, do you know how fast you were going? Now, this is an interesting point because that's the question you always get. Right. Yep. I mean, how are you supposed to answer? What do they want out of that question and answer session? What's the ideal answer? Well, I think according to Hunter S. Thompson, you kind of nailed it. Like, did I? Okay. You, yeah, yeah. So I, I won't, I won't spoil okay. what your answer was, but I think you clearly made the right move. It, it is a split second decision because you're discombobulated, and you're like, do you do you lie and say no? Like, do you do you do you I make w- up a quick? Oh, the, the gas pedal was stuck. I, I'm always coming up with what was so an important. What was so urgent for me to get to that and 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 also maybe like medically important. Ooh, so yeah. I was distraught. I, I worried about a family member instead of watching the speedometer. Sure. So he says, Do you know how fast you were going? And I go, fast. <laughs> and did you did you have that kind of grin on your face? I did. I, I just looked I like looking up and I just went fast and he goes yeah you can't be doing that and i'm like all right i'm sorry license and registration please well sir i can give you 50 percent of that here's my license and he just goes this isn't your car is it nope now he may not have seen this, but he would have known it wasn't my car if he could see the front right of the windshield, <laughs> which had a giant 2017 <laughs> sticker on it because it was a car from the lot that Evan was kind enough to give me. So I am just rifling. I'm looking in the glove compartment, the console, and all I find are like two pieces of like eight by 11, you know, computer paper. And I, I'm looking at it, and it's like I just have gone totally stupid. I can't even read the sheets. I don't. It's they're in English, and they're filled with letters formed into words in paragraph form, and some charts with numbers. And I have no idea what I'm looking at. It's like it's like I I lost the ability to read in that moment. <laughs> and I just handed the two sheets. I go, does this help at all? And he goes, where are you going? And I said, I- I'm going to Indiana. I'm going. I'm here for the big game. And honestly, I just got in from California and I'm really tired. And I was just trying to get there as fast as possible. Which is, which is like a terrible combination. Like I have not slept for 24 hours. So I'm, I'm just slamming the pedal. Yeah. I am a danger to myself and everyone else on the road at this point. 
and I'm driving just totally, totally inappropriately. And he goes, all right, give me a minute. And he takes my license back. And then I record a video <laughs> during, I just thought, well, this is how the weekend is starting and maybe ending for me. I, I got to document it. Also, I, it is in my mind that this may be the last time I ever record a video. Yeah, you, you got to get it out there so at least we know what happened to you. Yeah, somebody can Sherlock Holmes it and figure out from the lights, they can match it to what police precincts are in the area and, and figure out who it was that buried me on a, a country road between Indianapolis and Bloomington. Who's your hysterics becomes a true crime podcast yes. where I team up with a local detective to find out what happened to my friend. Yes. <laughs> so he then comes back. And you know how you always have that moment of, man, wouldn't it be great? Like, you hear stories about, like, really attractive people batting their eyes at, you know, a cop and, like, flirting their way out of it somehow. Or somebody's got, like, oh, Officer Johnson, do you know my brother-in-law who works at the... You know, that oh, move. Oh, my my dad went to IU with a lot of local and state troopers around the Miami County area. So we got out of a lot of tickets thanks to that. There you go. I had no connection, right? <laughs> I have nothing. It, and, he, and I don't really want to say what precinct he was with. Um, but he walks back and he hands me my license and he goes, hey, buddy. I'm going to let you off with a warning. You boys are going to have a great time this weekend. Have fun. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Is this happening right now? And he did say you boys, which made me think, Ward, he might have been a hysteric. Look, he might have gotten the license, went yeah. back, saw the name. Oh, that sounds familiar. He might be a hysteric. Well, if he is, all the more reason not to out him or what precinct he's right. from. Right. Uh, my my dear friend and doubles partner from high school, Matt Feller, uh, he has come to hysterics events as an officer of the law, so I'm not outing him. Um, so I know that within the fraternity of, of, of police and law enforcement, we have at least one fan. Why not two? And then he says the greatest thing that any police officer has said to any person in the history of police officer and civilian interactions. He says, listen, my jurisdiction ends one mile up. Go ahead and open it up down there. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I am flying high. I record a video right then and there before I get back on the road to memorialize it. And you can play both videos here. Here comes a clip straight from our trip. It's not going great. It's not going great. It could be going better. The drive to Bloomington could be going better. Let's just hope this is the low point of the weekend and everything from here on out is better. Let's just hope that. Those aren't Christmas lights. I'm not in a parade. 
It ain't a strip club. Is that even what happens at a strip club? I don't know. It's not going great. All right, look. I just took that other video because I got pulled over for doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. I just going too fast. I thought, what the hell? This trip is going to start off with this. This is a bad sign. The guy comes back. He tells me, good luck with the game this weekend. You're off with a warning. This is the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. I love Indiana. That was a clip straight from our trip. And I pull out and I see him kind of pull off and do a U-turn at some point. And I'm on my own. And I drive one mile over the speed limit the rest of the way. <laughs> one mile. I set it one mile because there was still part of me that wanted to be like, F you. I'm not going to let the man scare me. I'm still going to break the law. One mile over, I set it on cruise control, and I get into Bloomington at around 6.15 a.m., where my home away from home now, the Graduate Hotel, is waiting for me. And it's just the most beautiful sight now. I love seeing that sign, the Graduate, the lit-up Graduate sign. I love this hotel. Do you agree? Yeah, and obviously it has all of the fixings of a great hotel. It looks good. It's comfortable. It's got all the amenities. But we've been there enough now that we are familiar with a good amount of the, the staff that yes. whether they open the door, they check you in, or just say hi to you as you're walking through the lobby. It really, it does feel very homey. And they have great cold brew. So, you know, I'm in for you're life. Saying. So I go to sleep. I get up my room, I go to sleep, and I get like two hours, two and a half hours before it's time to get up because I have to go do some meetings before, do a meeting before you get to town. And I can't give away everything that we're doing on these meetings yet, but needless to say, November 6th is right around the corner. Circle and, it. And circle it in pen now. I would say that, circle Sharp, it in pen. Sharpie. Sharpie the shit out of that date. November 6th, it's going to involve an NIL event in Bloomington for the whole community, for the whole community of Hoosier fans, working with teams that play with a round ball. Absolutely accurate. And we had a great meeting. And, uh, and then after I get out of that, you and I meet up with a couple friends for the first time that we've gone to Eric Gordon's Greek pizzeria. When you told me, because I'd had coffee for breakfast, as I do, Mike North was, uh, he took it one step further as a host, lent me his Volvo for the weekend. So when you told me where to meet you, and you said it was Eric Gordon's Greek pizzeria, and I was getting real hungry, Obviously, my expectations were high. Eric Gordon, he doesn't do anything half-ass. Only half excellence allowed. So to come in there and for my... Get, we talk so much about our, our favorite places to eat when we come to Bloomington. Sometimes it's at the exclusion of finding new places that are great to eat in Bloomington. Yes. And, you know, Culver's has entered into the mix and a couple others over these last few years. But to show up to order a Roma Greek pizza, Roma, and then to eat it and realize I have 
a new favorite. Of I like we- I like how you said to order it and then to eat it as if there was a part of this enjoying of a pizzeria that wouldn't involve eating it. Like you could, <laughs> and you could get some enjoyment from just being there and ordering, but then you went one step further. You ate the pizza. <laughs> well, you know, like, like Eric Gordon, no, I don't do anything half-ass. I'm no. not going to order something and then not eat it. Though right. actually I did because we ordered some breadsticks and you ate those instead. All right. Time out. <laughs> time out. Before I went to Bloomington, we talked about it last week. I said, I'm not going to go crazy on the food this time. I'm not going to go crazy on the food. I can't do it. Maybe the most shocking thing you've ever said on this podcast. Right, right. And so when I got to Bloomington, I didn't stop by White Castle. I didn't go to a 24-hour place to grab some food. I didn't. I, I did nothing silly. I didn't get up and grab Gable's Bagels. I didn't go grab a quick breakfast at uptown or runcible i went to the meetings came to you we met around 12 or eleven thirty or so 12 yep. o'clock when you opened that pizza it looked remarkable i mean it looked it was a thing they should have just framed it and put it on the wall it looked so good and yes the breadsticks looked good too and in my head i convinced myself well if i just eat the breadsticks i'm not really eating a meal so (laughs) those are healthy so i pounded a couple of those but then i said ward do you mind if i have a piece of this pizza and of course i didn't because uh it was uh it was a small it was like a a personal pizza but i'd already had a couple of the can we say one of the people who was there yes lance stemler was there lance stemler joined us for a little lunch and he had already lunch at his friend's pizzeria and and he had uh they were sitting there at the table when I arrived. They were kind of like a sweet breadstick. Yes. Um, are those just the normal breadsticks or was I that? Don't know. Well, I don't know. Ask them what's the kind of sweet breadstick because that was amazing. So I'd already had my breadstick before our order came out. And then this Roma pizza, it, it's a butter garlic dough that they use. I don't know if that's on all the pizzas, but it's definitely on the Roma pizza. And that along with the fresh uh, flavorful toppings was just like this is this is now a mainstay in my trips to Bloomington. Yeah, absolutely crisp crust, like not it's not a paper thin pizza. It's a it's a thicker pizza. I would say it's not like a New York style. It's a little thicker, but the crust is crispy. Yeah, but it didn't feel heavy. The pizza no, didn't feel heavy. It was it was a light pizza. It was not a belly bomb. Right. Uh, so that was awesome. I don't like Lance Stemmler for the simple fact that the dude looks like he could go play a full season of basketball right now. I mean, he doesn't look like he's gained a pound since college. I don't understand how that's possible. I really don't. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. He's a good looking guy to begin with. It just bothers me. He wears a polo shirt like the way it looks like on a mannequin. I wear a polo shirt like you put it on a a freaking hippo. That's what a polo shirt looks like. (laughs) I turn the wrong way and you see a roll of fat. I got to like tuck it in and blouse it out to it doesn't show my belly like this guy is tucking it in no blouse look at me go one size too small to show the body i'm wearing triple xl to just cover it hoping there's enough material that i can move around in it so no one sees the body that's what pisses me off and then when we all stand up to say goodbye he's a full head taller than any of us yeah it's not it's just whatever it's not fair 
Genetics aren't fair. I blame my parents. So uh, from there, we head back over because we're right there next to Cook Hall and Assembly Hall. We head over to Cook Hall because we understand the women might be practicing and it might be worthwhile trying to sneak in. So we sneak in. Now, well, well, we we were trying to sneak in, and then our friend Bree, who was there the first time the women's team put us through the paces, um, came back through, and she was our accomplice in sneaking inside. That's true. And we went under the tunnel, and we walk out into the assembly hall court where the women are practicing, and there's our good friend, Terry Morin, our best friend. A, a, a quick note, w- walking through the tunnel, I'm sure everybody's seen pictures and videos. I- F you. Oh, this is great. I wasn't even going to go there. I was just going to say, like, it's like walking horizontally through uh, candy-striped warm-up pants. It's kind of trippy. It's a little bit like an Alice in Wonderland experience. And maybe that's why, at least because we went back and forth through that thing several times, Eric kept tripping on nothing. There was nothing there. It's just a floor, a concrete floor, perfectly flat everywhere. And somehow his toe still kept coming up short on something. And this is when I started to worry about your lack of sleep. Maybe, maybe you're through so many possible solutions. You were like, (laughs) are those shoes the right size? Did you buy a pair too big? You asked me if I was having a stroke. You thought that I was uh, sleep deprived. I was looking to see if like the side of your face was starting to sag. It was really uh, a little worrisome because I've seen you look awkward doing athletic stuff, but just walking, this was a new, new level. Yeah. I'd like to say I'm a pretty good walker. I'd like to say that I've got that down. I don't think anybody would watch me walk and go, that guy's got problems. Like what, what's going on? I'm a good walker. (laughs) And, And on this day, I was not a good walker. So we walk in, we see Terry Moore and she sees us and she puts on her best happy face. (laughs) And we get to talk to Terry Morin, who we just adore. Uh, And we adore this women's basketball team. And by the way, season tickets just went on sale, I believe, for the women's basketball team. That team, as much as any team on that campus, deserves big crowds. You know, we'll get into football. They were on the cusp of the final four. This is an elite program now. And we've got so many studs back from that team. This is, I I think this is going to be a really fun 40 minutes anytime you can get in that building and see him play in person. I'm totally with you. It's uh, it's really exciting. And, and like I said, we'll get to football, but you know, the history of Indiana football, we all know what it is. The history of the IU women's basketball is fairly similar. You know, maybe not at the lowest of the lows as IU football has been from time to time, but, but clearly not a successful historical program. And what Terry Morin has done is built a, perennial uh top team i mean top 25 team top 15 team we went to the elite eight last year we're competing for big 10 championships the recruiting is picked up and and she deserves fans in that seat so do all those women that that are busting their asses for indiana and and you know we're going to do what we can to get back for at least a game and if Uh, any at any moment you want to take for granted 
what she has built there, just look up at that shit show that is the Purdue women's basketball program right now. Good luck to you, Lady Boilers. (laughs) (laughs) So we start talking to Terry, then we kind of leave Terry because she's talking to someone else, and we just go grab a ball. And I walk over to a basket that's far away. They've got like the main court of assembly hall, but all the bleachers are pushed back. So they have other baskets where the bleachers are. So we're far away from everyone. And I walk up, I'm like, I can't embarrass myself. So I just try to shoot like, you know, a little two foot shot and I make it. And here comes Ward and it's his turn. And I've got a big heavy backpack on Stop it's got it. my computer in there. <laughs> Good Lord. I give him the ball. And he does the same thing I do, except he bricks the layup, the first one. I'm that, like, that, it was the backpack. Okay, you can't. You, you've you got to just make a layup. Here you go. Take a second one. Of course he's going to make it. Why don't you describe what happened on the second shot that you took at Assembly Hall in front of the IU women's basketball team? So I was still wearing the backpack, which was very heavy. And then, then I was given this ball and, you know, I'm just, I'm pure instinct. I'm not going to think about these things. And as I, the ball is rifled into my chest and I'm trying to simulate gameplay and I've like, I've got to get the ball out of my hand. The clock is about to expire. I realize as it's leaving my hand, oh, this is a lady's ball. I should have totally put a different trajectory on it, um, put a different force into it because like it being a ladies ball and me wearing a backpack, the only thing that was going to happen did, which was the ball just stuck right in between the rim and the glass, just thunk. It didn't even pretend like it was going to do anything but nest there for the rest of its days. It got sucked in there. Like it was (laughs) a Hoover. I've never seen this happen in all my years of playing basketball and being around basketball. I have never seen someone get the ball stuck on a layup. And then I, of course, had to make sure Terry Morin saw it. That was the thing, because I turned around, not a soul had seen it. But Eric was recording it with his camera, which, of course, I'm like, great. Well, this is definitely going to go out to the world. But you didn't you didn't have to call coaches attention to it. Oh, no, I did. <laughs> I abs- There was no other there was no other way out. She dug it and laughed her ass off because she has never seen anything like that in her years of being around the game of basketball. The comment that's a little hard to hear on the video as it's right at the end of the video. So I'll crank it up, but I'm not sure how intelligible it'll be. Intelligible it'll be. Or will that comment be? Is my is my Zoom glitching in and out? It seemed like it was. Ah, no, it's really crisp <laughs> okay all right just check it uh but she basically makes reference to the fact that we did not practice anything she had taught us from our workout <laughs> when she was giving us some shooting tips that we did not take her sage-like advice to heart here comes a clip straight from our trip hey ward what's going on man uh, just just being cool doing cool things like shooting on assembly halls court yeah yeah it's a real honor by the way, how far away were you when you shot that? Oh, I was right where I am right now. You know, you know who else is uh, You know who else is nearby? You know who I'm hoping. You know who I'm hoping saw all of that happen? Coach Terry. Martin. Terry Warren over there. <laughs> is she, did you see it? Is she, she looking? 
Hey, coach. No, 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 no. it's fine. Coach. No, 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 it's not, is it? That's what Ward did. <laughs> on a layup. On a layup. I was trying to use the last. <laughs> that was a clip straight from our trip. Yeah, that was really sad and pathetic. It was. That then led, uh, now that we felt emboldened, like we were inside Assembly Hall and we were inside the inner sanctum, if you will, we wanted to go see if we could see was Coach Woody there? Was Kenya there? Was Dane there? Was Yasir there? Let's just go see who we see. And we're, not, we- we're not going to pretend like our favorite thing in the world. We're not just going to walk by that door of the men's basketball program and be like, ah, oh, wonder what's going on in there. We certainly shouldn't disturb all these people trying to work. We're going to be really obnoxious. And... We, we, we see our friends, Adam Howard, who is uh, the lead manager on the team, who is just an awesome guy, who, by the way, he's doing these Zoom broadcasts where he interviews former managers of Indiana basketball, including he's done Scott Dolson. He's done, I think, did he do Lawrence Frank or is that yes. coming up? If you're listening to this on Tuesday, that, that should be available, his Lawrence Frank interview. I mean, it's really awesome. And he did Dusty May who's now a head coach down in Florida of a of division one team, like managers of Indiana go on to great success. I mean, one of them is running the entire athletic department right now. One of them is running the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, so they now, do well. Now it makes sense why I didn't end up being a manager. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the missing piece. So we see, who did we see first? Kenya? Yes. We see well, Kenya. Well, and, and the reactions are always like, oh, Ugh, <laughs> like the, these guys are here. Why didn't somebody warn me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why aren't the windows tinted? Why do they allow people to look in through my office? And we just press our faces up against the glass leading into Kenya's office. And he has no choice but to let us in. <laughs> so he does. We chat him up for a while. Didn't see Coach Yah there at that time. No, we did, but he was on what looked oh, like a very on. important phone call. Yeah, we tried to bust in. By the way, he wasn't on a phone call. <laughs> he just—he was just started. doing this move. Oh no, I'm on. I can't <laughs> talk. I'm on the phone. We waited ten minutes. We come back, still on the phone, still on the phone. He's playing Minecraft. Like who knows what he's doing? And then we walk down to see if Dane is there, and Dane is not there. Now I—I I always love to see Dane, but it was great that Dane wasn't in his office. Because the office was wide open. <laughs> and we decided, with the urging of Kenya Hunter, who I believe said the words, oh, he he saw what we, he saw the wheels spinning, <laughs> and he decided to jump on board and said something to the effect of, oh yeah, go fuck up that office. <laughs> And, and this that's is where exactly what we did. And this is where being so close into proximity to McNutt 
where as a freshman in the dorms, somebody would be off in class and leave their dorm room open and you'd like move all their furniture into the bathroom. That yes. That's just muscle memory. That just kicks right back in. Yeah. So Ward immediately is taking batteries out of remote control. Yeah, which which he may I mean it's Monday now hopefully he's tried to turn on his TVs by now but it, he could still be discovering some of the things we did as this is broadcast I have no doubt that he didn't spend one second looking for a battery he simply yelled to a manager I need new batteries <laughs> well here's, I didn't end up hiding the batteries I just put them in backwards <laughs> I was afraid he might feel the weight difference that oh, it was too light. Wow, that's good. That is that is devious. Uh, I found his keys and I hid his keys, which I knew was good, could could potentially be a problem. We unplugged his computer and hid his computer in the office. I, I wanted to remove the staples from his stapler, but there were none in there to begin with. <laughs> Ward created a barricade with all the chairs and stuff that were in the office for him. Like, I don't even know how he would kind of, he wedged them in between the desk and the wall. He has this like ink board. It's not a whiteboard. It's like a really cool, like ink board that you make notes on and stuff. And I wrote up the three tenets of Dane Fife's coaching uh, philosophy, which are one, uh, always move your feet on defense two, give it your all. And three, never follow a three-point shooter in a Sweet 16 game with no time left on the clock when you're about to beat the number one team in the country. <laughs> so we do that. We get out of there. And men's practice is like, we, we hang out for a while for men's practice to end. And then we get back on, sneak back onto the court, where we then play six of the most competitive games of pig that have ever been played. I've got to say... There were there were a few people around, but they clearly weren't paying attention to us. We we had taken some warm up shots, and this this was the first time I actually felt like I was shooting well in Assembly Hall. You came out on fire. Yeah, the first two games of pig, two three games of pig, you were on fire. I mean, you were hitting your mid range game was on point, and my game was garbage. I mean, total yep. garbage. You took a quick 2-0 lead in pig. Mm -hmm. And then I got my legs under me. Well, and I got to say, your outside shooting is no fluke. Like, you took a shot from Bloomington I did. on, on the, the block eye logo in the middle of the floor. And, 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 of course, it wasn't going the full court. We had one of those side baskets. But that was at least 35 feet, 40 feet. No, I mean, no, 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 not 40. I can't throw the ball 40 feet. Okay. Well, I couldn't because after you made it, I airballed it. You did. You airballed I, it. I, I should have just chucked it instead of trying to shoot it. We played six games and we each won three. You you allowed me that sixth game to come back in which I went full gimmick and I started going left-handed every chance I could because despite being a, a right-handed shooter, I, I do feel my left hand's better than most because of my cross-dominant uh, mm -hmm. label as we learned on this show a couple years back um so yeah the gimmicks got me even and then we walked away friends we walked away friends and that was a big moment what were we going to do for dinner and keep in mind i have now only eaten i've still been pretty good here it's it's dinner time and i've only eaten like one or two small pieces of roma pizza and a couple breadsticks but not a lot that's not that's not a lot for me and were we going to go to Zagreb's? Were we, you know, like that's our thing. But 
I, I love Zagreb's and it pained me to say that I didn't want to go because I just knew what I would eat there. I couldn't control myself. No, that is what wouldn't you eat there? Right, exactly. <laughs> and we had told ourselves that we owed Malibu Grill another shot. Yeah, we. we I, I had not away. eaten there since college. And And the truth is, I think I've had one meal there since college. And we've been very critical of Malibu Grill. And it's we needed to be fair and give it a shot. And we also browbeat two very special guests to join us for dinner. And the only reason they joined us was because they knew the other one was going to, they were, they would both have to go together. No one wanted to be alone with us. Right. Right. That would be too much. You need to deflect at least half of us. And we somehow convinced Kenya Hunter and Yasir Roseman to go to dinner with us at Malibu Grill. And this was, uh, well, first of all, we showed up, Eric and Ward, and were just shoved into the smallest booth possible because who are Eric and Ward? And we sit on the same side of the booth. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, the first thing I say to the waitress, do you have bread? (laughs) Yep, yep. That was where like, well, this is just like a Zagreb's trip. And that's where the wheels fell off. I mean, that 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 was the moment that the wheels fell off. Well, and they continued falling off when our special guests arrived. We were able to get a seat that individual seats, at least. So it was a little less touchy feely on each side of the booth. And then this is where where you get into this mode of if it passes through your vision on the menu, you order it. Like, right. oh, there's this. We should get one of those. Oh, we should. Get, oh, appetizers. Yes. Let's get a huge plate of fish tacos and we'll all share them. Right, guys? You had a fish taco. I did. I did. And so did Coach Ya. Yeah. I think we both just knew you were struggling and we were doing our part to keep you from eating all four. And they were right. quite good. I had at least a dozen breadsticks that they give you in the bread thing with olive oil and vinegar all over it. And those, those aren't real. They're almost like slices of focaccia bread. Focaccia bread. Did yeah. you say focaccia? Focaccia bread. Focaccia. Focaccia. No, it's not focaccia. It is. I, I've been to Italy a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we pound that. I did like the focaccia bread. Well, focaccia it, it's, it's not real. Like ca- it's, it's not real focaccia. It's yeah, imitation. It's fake. <laughs> it is imitation focaccia bread. So pounded that fish tacos. Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable fish tacos. Really good. Sweet potato fries. Loved that. Loved almost, that. Almost like sweet potato hunks. Yes. Steak fries. Sweet potato steak fries. Basically. Yeah. That's a good. Really good. Caesar salad. Excellent Caesar salad. And just like whole sheets of cheese laid on top. Not like this crumbly, flaky stuff. It's just like here is a sheet of cheese on top of very well seasoned uh, a romaine lettuce and and the Caesar Caesar dressing. I was I was like, oh, this is because you you get a Caesar salad. It was Kenya's idea. I was like, oh, that sounds good. A little roughage. I didn't expect a gourmet Caesar salad. I agree. It was excellent. We all got some version of tuna. Really good. I got to say, I'll admit when I'm wrong. Uh, I've been wrong about Malibu Grill. It was excellent. The menu had a lot of good stuff on it. There were other items that I would have gotten if there was more room on the table, truthfully. Yeah. 
Um, by the way, I have been known to order stuff and put stuff on other tables. If any had been, if any had been available, maybe you would have gone there. But that place was jumping. It was jumping. Dane Fife came by to say hi. We yep. got a quick hi with him. And look, here's what I want to say about the the dinner. I mean, it was really just kind of busting balls, mostly them kind of making fun of really me and you joining in on making fun of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? It was a lot of fun for the three of us. Yeah, but I I continue to be more and more impressed with Coach Ya the more I get to know him. Totally. He is, uh, you know, we know Kenya a little bit more. We've had him for a year. We've gotten to talk to him. We've gotten to kind of see his style. Um, and I am... I continue to be impressed by Kenya as well. The thing that you know, you notice the most by talking to them is how close they already are. Yeah. Like you can just see this really strong bond. They're, they're fun together. They kind of, uh, they're like a two man team. It's really cool. They talk about things as though it's us and we, and I don't just mean us and we as them, but like the whole staff, like that's how it is at this staff. It is, it is not nearly as siloed as I think it has been in the past where it's like, this is your recruit. You do him. That's just your guy and protect it at all costs. It's like, no, 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 no. We're a team. Let's all do it together. And Woody clearly is a big proponent of that. And that's refreshing. But how thoughtful Coach Ya is about the program and the culture that Coach Woody wants to build there. And the kind of player and the kind of support structure that that player has, meaning what's the family like? What's the AAU coach situation? Is there a handler? Like all those people are very important in these guys deciding who they really want and who they really don't want. And um, I think you'll, you'll probably mention who they referenced as far as the model I was going to say that's okay to talk about, right? Because everybody so. wants to hear that. Is that without any prompting from us, and as they're starting to sort of lay out who they want in this program and what they want this program to be, and it's, and they said it, Villanova and Virginia. You know, it's like we want some really great players in here, some, some of the best players in the country to come through here. But we don't want to be a one-and-done factory. We want to build something that's sustainable year in and year out to be excellent and to compete for, obviously, conference titles and national championships. And I think it was music to our ears and it will be music to everybody's ears listening because that's what we all want. That's the thing to do. We don't want that shit show that is Kentucky that just is a factory and turns them out and you really almost every year underperform uh, in comparison to the the talent you supposedly or have the on expectations the floor. and and the culture and the the yes the kind of young men that they they want to come in there and represent the university and to coach Yas specifically because again this was sort of the first long in-depth conversation not being recorded for public right. consumption we're just talking about it afterwards <laughs> uh, but because it's all so good i don't think bill mind was you know he's he's such a a fun guy an energetic guy a youthful guy um but really a, a lot of that conversation when we weren't making fun of you i see how laser focused he is like he's a bit of a killer like we're we're getting this done we're going after it that competitive nature of really what 
all coaches have to have to to get to this level but he's just been so sort of easy and fun to talk to in our in our conversations for the show it's like oh wow this guy is laser focused and that's really really exciting and 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 when okay well what's that focus going towards building us into a virginia or a villanova but with all the history of IU basketball and all the tradition and all the pride. It's like, yeah, these guys are getting after exactly what we want in exactly the way we want it. And there are also guys, both of them, that are such students of the game and the history of the game that they have the appropriate respect for the tradition of Indiana. I mean, look, Coach Yacht told us there were three guys he wanted to play for. He wanted to play for John Thompson, John Chaney, or Bob Knight. And he just wasn't good enough to, I I think that was it. Like he just didn't have the opportunity. They didn't offer him scholarships. But he has such a reverence for what Coach Knight did and the way that he coached basketball and his mind and the, the discipline that he brought to it. But what I was trying to say is they have such a healthy respect for the tradition of Indiana and they get it and they revere it and respect it. And at the same time, have a very, very strong finger on the pulse of what matters today and how you compete today. And that is kind of what we see in Coach Woody, too. That totally. It's the perfect blending of the old school with player-focused, relationship-focused, confidence building confidence continues to be the word that we hear more and more just how much they are trying to instill confidence in these players and get them to play with confidence something that has been sorely missing for a while and to that point i think coach woodson has a great amount of confidence in his assistants and he's like he he he's like this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Big picture, 30,000 feet. We're going to get really good players. We're going to get really good human beings. And we're going to compete for championships of both kinds. And to be a little more specific before you go on to the, the button here. How he plays. Yeah. How like he, he wants to play and what kind of players he needs for that. Yeah, yeah. The style. Like he sets that. Like that's it. The, and what And what kind of players fit that. And then go ahead, go ahead. I interrupted you. But yeah, I did want to make that point. Like it It is clear Woody has decided like it's his team. This is how we're going to play. Yeah. And now it's up to you guys. Go identify the players I just described to you. Bring them before me and I will seal the deal, gentlemen. They told me. I have new recruits to bring you rum-pum-pum-pum. <laughs> I like a four-star who stays for two years or more, for two years or more, for two years or more. A five-star is good once in a while, Woody. Okay, sorry. You, you, that was impressive. I mean, just, you know, like you hit the the, the syllables. It's My a, favorite it's Christmas a, song. It's a Christian song. Like, you know, yeah. really like the whole it thing. Is, I think I've said this before. It's my favorite Christmas song. It is my favorite Christmas song, but it became my favorite Christmas song because there is a version of the song that I got to sing in, I think, elementary school where the line, and this has been changed over the years, but I believe the original lyric is, 
The ox and ass kept time, pa, rum, pum, pum, pum. I believe that's been stricken from the record. But as an elementary school kid, I got to say ass in a, in a recital for like the school. That was my song. I, I thought you were going to say Billy Joel had covered it. But uh, oh, oh, before I forget, because we kind of came out and we're ragging a little bit on Coach Woody saying Kenny G is one of his favorite musicians. Yeah. But you know what's happening is Bill Simmons has like executive produced and is about to release a documentary about Kenny G. Holy hell. Holy hell. I mean, like, we're all over that. Like Kenny G is about to be a whole thing again. going to blow up. He's going to blow up. Um, all right. But back to, yes, like you guys go out there and get me these guys. And he trusts them the assistants to run the recruiting of Indiana university, knowing that in the end it's his decision. Like they go out and find the guys and they present. And then he decides if he wants to go after them or not, but he's he holds them accountable, but he trusts them and delegates. And it is, I think a unique model in college basketball. It is more of an NBA model. I think where you have like your personnel people who bring it like to a general manager and the coach does the coaching you know, and the coach decides the style, and then it's up to the personnel people to bring the people there. He's kind and, of the, the GM coach combo. Yeah, and and it's for Woody. I think it's work smarter, not harder. Now, all those assistants are grinding every day, but Woody's out there. You know, he's he's doing some of the stuff, pressing the flesh. He's out there getting his picture taken out here getting his picture taken with Tom Chambers and Charles Barkley. It's like a really cool NBA event honoring somebody, but he is rocking that Indiana polo in those photos. And while I'm sure that's very enjoyable for him, he absolutely knows that meanwhile, Kenya or Dane or Yah are somewhere on the recruiting trail and be like, hey, hey, look what Coach is up to right now, hanging out with Barkley. Yeah. That's, that's all really good stuff. It was. And and again, I just got the sense of how much of a team they are. And they talked about how often they are on the phone together with a recruit's parents or a recruit's coach doing it together. No ego in this. You know, if Indiana basketball wins, everybody individually wins. That's part of it. So that was music to our ears. That was really fun. But we did have to try to cut it a little short because we had some cooling to do. We had some hardcore spread, some bad mojo to do. And it started with us rushing over to the Indiana University women's volleyball game. But I do want to bring up one more thing that happened before that. As we exited the restaurant, Malibu Grill, and by the way, we have to talk about this a little bit. Okay. Being on campus with all the kids there is just invigorating. The energy, the, the vibe... It's just a different place. We were just there a couple months ago in July. Were we there in July or August? Yeah, July. July. And we loved it so much. You own every street you're on. Not anymore. And I wouldn't have it any other way. So I want to give that um, picture in your mind of, of Kirkwood bustling. And on the corner is Dane Fife with his daughter. And as we are walking like 10 feet you know, we're, we're now heading um, east. Dane Fife, who's still at the corner of Kirkwood and College or Walnut? Uh, Walnut. Yeah. 
Kirk, Kirkwood and Walnut decides to do have a little fun and screams to us, hey, hey Eric, that plunger you wanted, I, I got it. I've got that <laughs> plunger for that issue that you have. I've got the plunger. There, and there must be at least 150 of Hoosier Nation, wh- wh- some of them eating dinner yeah. <laughs> and others just roaming about the sidewalks, shopping, going to and fro. Yeah. So we quickly get in our car, head over to the volleyball, uh, the Wilkinson Hall to watch the women's volleyball. And when we get there, I do love that. First of all, the fact that Chick-fil-A is sold at concession stands at women's volleyball games and football games I don't know if they do Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Do they do it at Assembly Hall? I guess they do. I, I uh, would assume so. But that is, I mean, that, I would have eaten 4,000 Chick-fil-A sandwiches if that happened when we were in college there. I would have spent all my money on Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Anyway, uh, we go to this the arena. We, we settle into some seats. We walk by the student section that are on, like, the baseline. And everybody's wearing like outfits and and dressed up as characters. Oh yeah, uh, that, that, a real fun vibe in there. And the, and they got the, the drum percussion session. Those guys weren't messing around. They got me. They got me bouncing my feet. Incredible environment. And of course, we get there, and the team just loses in the third set. And we lose the game. Let's be fair that that in this particular case. They they were struggling before we got there. They're missing two starters. Yes, that's you know true. they they're 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 going to get healthy here in a couple of weeks, um, but it's it's a, a rocky start that we had nothing to do with. We did not help. We, we did, did not, not turn the tide, and it was very competitive. All three of the sets were very competitive, but with our presence, uh, they had no chance in that third set. They had no chance. However thing I loved about this, Kenya and Yash showed up. And they were there to support Indiana women's volleyball and Coach Aird and what he's doing there. And I just love seeing the cross-pollination of, I used to love it at the Olympics when you see like the dream team back in 92 when they went to like swimming events. Totally. You know, I love that. And I love seeing that at Indiana because that that is what being a Hoosier is about. And here you have Kenya and Yah, two guys who are not from the state of Indiana, supporting the other sports in Indiana. Really fun vibe. I encourage everyone to go to volleyball games. Those are really fun. Those young women are working their asses off, and, and they're, they're going to build so, something special there. And it's just so exciting. It's it's you know you can get great seats. You can be right down there in the action, and these women are flying all over the court, smashing the ball back and forth, getting these incredible digs. It's like I enjoy watching volleyball during the Olympics, but to be there in person and to see these athletes from all over the world uh, just go in and play fearlessly. Whereas to me, I was even pretty nervous being that close to the action that I might catch one in the face. Yeah, no, I agree. It was, uh, it was great. And then we, that game started at seven, probably ended around, uh, eight 30 or so. And I, you men's soccer had an 8 PM game against Rutgers. It was the big 10 opener, uh, Indiana, you know, it's been a little bit up and down already this year on the soccer front, but we thought, well, what the hell let's get over to the soccer field and go watch a game there. So as we're walking out and I want to say this, it is so beyond flattering and humbling when anybody comes up to us to talk to us when we're in Bloomington. It really is. Like, but. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to get to the but. 
yet, but I'm going to get to the butt here. But I do want to be genuine about this. Ward and I talk about it. It is, it is just beyond flattering. We we do not take it for granted. We are so uh, touched by it, and um, well, and, I, I just and want to say thank you. I just I really do want just want to say thank you to anybody who's listening to this. Uh, who has come up to us in the past to like say hi or share something that they like about the podcast uh, or a couple of people who shared something they don't like about something I've done in the past. Yeah. Really? That was one person. That, that, but, that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. It was, it's the only time that's ever happened, by the way. That and that guy shocking. knows my brother, that guy knows my brother. So he, I think he felt like he was more on the inside that he could be more familial. Um, but it, it is just beyond flattering. It's humbling. It's amazing. It makes us feel like we are part of this community that, that we don't get to touch that often because we're out in L.A. And, uh, and you know, we've had a lot of people say this to us. The goons said it to us. We wish we'd thought of it, you know, and, and we're so lucky that, that we kind of A.J. Moye lived close and you're like, hey, we should have A.J. on. And we stumbled into this format that has allowed us to have these incredible conversations with the people who made Indiana University men's basketball and now other sports, what they've been and what they are. Uh, But that we're just two guys who stumbled into it and got to be this conduit between those people and the fan base. It really could be anybody out there listening doing this so i always feel i always feel lucky like oh man we are so lucky we thought of it first (laughs) because literally anybody could do as good or a better job than we do most of them could do better (laughs) uh but yeah it's it is it's just an amazing thing and we love talking to everybody it's it just it fills us with hoosier pride and spirit but (laughs) but I think there are times where like somebody will come up to us and they'll be in the middle of what they want to talk to us about. And we aren't privy to that part of the conversation. So this one guy came up to us and also this is hurt by wearing masks. Wearing masks makes everything more difficult in communicating. There's a lot of, what's that again? One more time? Huh? What'd you say? Could you... What, louder? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Like, there's a lot of that going on. But a guy came up to us as we're walking out of the volleyball game, and he simply gets in my ear, like coming from behind, and just goes, no, you know why? I'm sorry, what was that? No, you know why? I don't understand what you're saying to me. I, I didn't know if the guy was having an attack of some sort. I didn't know if he was yelling at me. Like I did something wrong. And my inkling always is that I must have done something wrong. It's it's natural feeling. And then he slowed it down. And he goes, no, e, no, I. Ah, but the sometimes why? And he's like, yeah. And then just leaves. Just <laughs> left. That's all he wanted to say to me. That's all he had. And immediately you're like, well, we know at least one person listens to the end of the podcast. That's right. Um. So we then walk from the volleyball game to the soccer game, which is just, again, it's awesome. I mean, it's just awesome. Wait a second. You were bitching about it. You were going like, oh, my God, we could have driven over here. There's a parking lot over here. Meanwhile, we'd walked about 100 yards from the parking lot outside volleyball, and it was you would have thought I was asking you to, to, to walk across the Saharan Desert. Did you say Saharan 
Yeah. It's not the Saharan Desert. Is it? Isn't it? Sahara. It's the Sahara Desert. I'm gonna cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, I won the geography bowl in third grade. Things are really well. You may know where it is. It's going you just don't down. Know what the hell it's called? Um, first of all, it's a lot more than a hundred yards. That's ridiculous. It's a lot more than a hundred yards. Now, if you're saying that it wasn't a hundred yards before I started bitching, that's fair. That's I'm fair. saying that considering the 20,000 steps we put in on Saturday, this was a drop in the bucket. That's true. I maintain it is awesome for other people. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just so cool that all these things are around each other. Volleyball, basketball, football, soccer. You know, it's really cool. Baseball isn't too far away. You know, like, it's just a very cool atmosphere and environment. Were you going to talk about the second interaction we we had with a fan at the soccer stadium? Okay, I will because well, wait, I thought soccer I, stadium. We haven't even gotten there yet. Well, the guy did the drive-by of the no e no i. And that was the, at the volleyball game. Yeah, I wasn't even there for that. You told me about that after uh-huh. the fact too. Okay. But I, but I thought the big butt in the fan interaction story was was while we're at getting to our seats at the soccer stadium. We're sitting. We're walking uh-huh. along with Evan Martin and his lovely wife Angela, and um. Uh, a young co-ed she comes up i think with a friend somebody oh, was yeah. with her this and, is the, this is the worst and very sweet and she goes are you guys the hoosier hysterics and we're like yes yes we are she goes my mom is a huge fan of you guys we were oh. so excited when she said are you the hoosier hysterics she had her phone out ready to take a picture we're like that's right we're popular with co-eds <laughs> it's like that's right these young people like us where she's raising her hand up to give us a high five and as we're reaching for it then she just punches us right in the stomach or the like, nuts <laughs> it was a nut shot my mom is such a big fan can i take a picture Ward and I just kind of go, yeah, we'll take a picture for you, Mom. <laughs> so we do that. By the way, the women's basketball team, Mackenzie Holmes, um, Grace Grace Berger. Uh, who else was there? Um, uh, uh, Nicole Cardano-Hillary was there. I can't remember all the and people. They, oh, uh, Alexa Colbe was there. And they were at the volleyball game, too. They were at the volleyball game, and then they're at the – but at the soccer game, and as we're walking by, you say hi to them. You, Angela, and Evan keep walking, and I stop to talk to the women's basketball team. And we have a conversation where, by the way, and we didn't do this, but they were hitting me with, we got to go to Crumble next time to get the Crumble cookies. We have heard Crumble a couple of times, so I guess that's on the itinerary for It's November. just not as easy. It's out by College Mall. Life's tough. Yeah, it's a hard one. So I'm talking to them, and then I get done talking to them, and I'm just looking like an idiot. Where are Ward, Evan, and Angela? <laughs> and I'm looking around for about 30 seconds, and it occurs to me, they're just fucking with me right now. <laughs> they know, they're just watching me look for them, and they're going to let me just eat this for as long as they can possibly milk it. Why don't you tell me your perspective? Well, what's great about this is where you weren't that far away and and several times it looked like you were looking directly at us, but you weren't. You were looking at somebody else in front of us or to the side. And so we had this 
unencumbered view of you just looking like an idiot, which, you know, look, I get that almost every day. But for Evan and for Angela, it really was a treat. And what what I appreciated was rather than keeping up what you knew was highly entertaining to us, you just found somebody else and sat down with them. I did. I did. I sat down with this lovely woman and her husband. We talked about going to the IU football game. By the way, I have to eat something. I'm going to eat some dates. These are dates. Okay, snacks. Snacks number three. Snacks I haven't had the third. anything today, and I've been awake, and now I feel like the blood sugar is going away, Ward. So I'm just going to have to eat a date. Okay, I don't need you tripping on the floor while we're doing this podcast. So the, this woman was amazing. Her husband was great. We finally hooked up. You hooked was- up with the woman and her husband? <laughs> I told you this was a crazy trip. Um, IU soccer was winning one nothing when we walked into the stadium. Insurmountable lead in soccer. It's over. There were people leaving the soccer game. They, they were. We were like, "Where is it over? Are we too late?" And they're like, "Well, it's Rutgers. Like done deal. We won the game. Little did they know we were coming." It was like William H. Macy split into two people, was walking into the stadium. And Rutgers scores two goals in like 15 minutes. I've never seen that before. It, it, it was, was it was the fastest two goals of soccer I've ever seen. It was like it was like the beginning of the Iowa game in football. It was like it, it what, what oh shit. This just went it's over now. And that was within moments of you taking a seat. And you and I have not been to many soccer games. So I'm not attuned to the, the flow of soccer. Okay? No, you're, no you're, you're very not in tune to it. Angrily Correct. not in tune to it. it. Well, when you're losing 2-1 to Rutgers and you just caused the women's volleyball team to lose and prevented them from making a comeback, you don't want this on your conscience either. But I'm going to say this. I got a bone to pick with Indiana soccer or whoever is in charge of this. With one minute left in the game, the IU band that is there starts playing the IU fight song. They do the slow version and then the fast version, really ramping up, and they time it so that IU is at the end of the game. We're losing 2-1. The game ends, we lost, and it's this big flourish from the band. What are they doing? You, I don't like that. Do you like that? I don't dislike it as much as you do. And I imagine normally it's great because we win usually, but nobody got the memo that the hysterics were going to be in the house for the second half and pass that memo along to the band and said, look, guys, it's going to go south real quick here. Let's put the kibosh on the fight song because nobody's going to feel like doing it. And it was... um, it wasn't a good feeling to hear the song that normally is about pride and excitement and be like, mm, we just shat the bed. And it was just such a, I, I, I would love to be at a winning soccer game because I think all of those people matriculating out of the stadium after that occurred it, it seemed a little bit like, well, that was weird. 
that's not usually what happens here. Nobody quite knew how to react, um, though with the the team having started with nothing less than national championship aspirations, it's it's obviously been a, a difficult start to the season for those guys. But if there's any program in the history of IU that's going to get it figured out by tournament time, it's the Indiana men's soccer team. That's true. We'll keep supporting them. I just don't think if you're losing, you play the fight song. Uh, like how about some other music that like trying to get the energy going that isn't the IU fight song. I'm all for that. Like, Oh my God, there's some urgency. Like Miserloo or something. What is that? That's the, uh, the surf guitar song from, uh, do it from Pulp Fiction. (laughs) That was exactly it. I don't know how you don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know that. And no, I don't want that played. <laughs> well, you I probably want, want a surf guitar. Mr. Lou. What sucks is that you would immediately know the song and be like, oh, yeah, that's a great song. What you did, Ward, was massacre that song to the point where it was not recognizable. (laughs) So we leave the soccer stadium. It's now pushing 10 o'clock, right? About 10 o'clock. Yeah, that, that sounds right. And we're walking back to our car, which is parked at Wilkinson Hall. Thousands of miles away. Yes, thousands of miles, a marathon away, and shining like a beacon in the night is Memorial Stadium. Oh, by the way, yeah, we have a video of us at the end of the soccer game. It's not a great video, but it wasn't a great game. Here it is. Here comes a clip straight from our trip. So uh, we went to the women's volleyball game where we lost in straight sets. I don't know if that's what they call it, but that's what happened. We came over to the soccer game where we were winning one nothing. Yep. And since we showed up, the other team scored two goals. And as far as I can tell, two goals have not been scored in the same game of soccer since 1910. <laughs> Careful. You're is, that, is that inaccurate, though? Well, I mean, you know, maybe. All I know is... Things have gone south since Ward and I showed up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe po- we're getting the, it out of our system the, before the football game. The point is we're bad. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to stick it out. Maybe it'll turn around. But if not, we get it all out of our system for tomorrow. That's fine. That was a clip straight from our trip. So we leave the game and we walk over to our car, which is a far way away. It's a 2017, but we always are reminded of that because of the sticker. <laughs> Parked at Wilkinson Hall, and we're trying to figure out, all right, we're probably going to head back to Kirkwood and enjoy the the nightlife in, in Indiana on a Friday night and really get pumped up for the, the football game the next day. But before we do, shining like a beacon in the wilderness, a beacon in the middle of an ocean, is Memorial Stadium, lit up and looking I was going to say looking like a million bucks, but that would be really insulting. (laughs) If a stadium looked like a million bucks, it would look like Memorial Stadium before they did any of the improvements. (laughs) (laughs) And I just looked toward, I go, 
we got to try to sneak in, right? And he said, no, I, I think your answer was, I do not want to do that, but I will, you'll say what we're going to do, and then I'll just do it because that's how this goes when we're in Bloomington. I was like, that's how this whole thing works, this whole podcast. <laughs> so, so we're approaching it, and I'm thinking maybe I'm going to get out of this because not only is there a high fence, but on the south end, there's actually a moat. It's not filled with water and pir- piranhas, but there's a moat. Yeah. And there's really no way to get over. And so, except that the gate was wide open. <laughs> that, that's when I knew we were screwed. I was screwed. <laughs> and so we walk through, past the security checkpoint, in through the gate. And then we're like, this is going to be easy. But each individual gate leading into the stadium was closed, locked. Until we saw a security guard driving a golf cart. And we were like, well, okay, this, this is over now. He's coming to tell us, who are you? Why are you here? But what we have found in Indiana especially, and you could take this to the bank in life, just act like what you're doing is normal. Just don't let on that what you're asking to do or trying to do is so beyond the pale. And most of the time, people will just kind of go, oh, well, it's so stupid that they would be asking to do this. Clearly, they have permission to do it. Well, and, and having lived out here for 20 plus years, and you, you just assume everybody is um, not going to let you access any place because there is 10 million crazy people running all around. You get back to Bloomington and you're like, oh, right. People here are super open and friendly and not assuming you are there to steal and or kill. Yeah, I think you're right. I think people there are just a little bit more willing to make a decision on their own without following like by the book rules if they determine that there's no harm to be done here. Right. So- with with us, often it takes five, 10 minutes of conversation to realize how unhinged we are. Yeah. So if we can get in what we need to get in within that window, we can be successful. Gravy. So we asked the guy, listen, we're just in from California. We're big fans. Can we just get in and take a picture, a couple pictures of Memorial Stadium? And he's like, yeah, hop in the cart. And he drives us in the cart through the st- around the stadium on the inner side of it and then walk and drops us off at an open gate. Now, this is one of those videos. It's probably much more about the visual than the audio, but here's that. Here comes some clips straight from our trip. <laughs> the gentleman we thought was going to kick us out is now giving us a ride. You doing okay up there, Mike? All right. Would, couldn't be better, to be honest with you. Oh, oh yeah. All right. We're still rolling. Yeah, we are. Thank you, Mike. We'll be we'll be quick. We'll be quick. We 
shouldn't be here, but Mike let us on. Oh my, oh my. God. You see it? It's special. Do you smell it? Can you taste it? it smells like victory. And we do what any mature 40, mid 40 year olds would do. We start screaming as loud as we can to hear the echo. <laughs> like we had never heard an echo before. It's the Grand Canyon of Bloomington. We had to try. And here you go for your listening pleasure. Peyton shout out. 72! 36! Pedic special! Pedic! Better shot! Oh, good echo. Dale McCullough! Elio! It's a good echo. Those were some clips straight from our trip. So we got our fix of Memorial Stadium the calm before the storm. And then it, it was much, much cooler at night too. It was, that was nice. And then we headed back to the graduate parking lot, parked our car and headed out to Kirkwood and just grabbed a couple cigars. Didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. That was right. Yeah. We set up in front of what is, I'd like the listeners to come in on what is it C and Z teriyaki and sushi Z and C yeah we were we were told by some like oh this is the place you gotta go it's like it's it's clearly is the La Bamba's of 2021 as far as the late night place on Kirkwood to soak up your alcohol with some greasy food but some people were really saying oh no like it's good I'll come here during the day and other people were like it's okay so if the listeners wanted to uh get a thread going about that because we're very we're very precious with our stops to eat in bloomington and i want i want to make sure this is a quality establishment before we commit our calories to it i also like though that this place just decides like on a busy night no sushi like you can only order one thing off the menu at times like on that night it was just chicken teriyaki with fried rice is that right? Yeah, they just were like, we're not going to waste our time making like a tuna roll for anybody. It's just we're we're rolling people in and out. It's just chicken teriyaki tonight. Do you, do you think it's that or do you think the supply of good fresh sushi in Bloomington is, I mean, this was. Well, this I, was... I don't think that they ever have a supply of good fresh tuna in Bloomington. Well, look, I was skeptical about Malibu in large part because people are, are talking about the seafood there. And I'm like, but the sea is thousands of miles away. Now, I'm not saying that Z and C Music Factory has the same distributor as Malibu with seafood. Everybody dance now. By the way. Yeah. Now, I was going to say the band should play that at the soccer game, but they shouldn't. It'd be weird if you're losing two to one and you play everybody dance now. That would be weird. Right. Um, but yeah, let's get some let's get some feedback on ZNC from people who have been there more recently. Uh, and really all that happened that night is we just talked 
to various people, smoked cigars, sat outside, met a whole bunch of different people, families. It was parents weekend, got to meet, I mean, young, old, everything in between. And we just set up shop there and it was phenomenal. And this is, it was in one of these conversations where you realize the dad's a fan of the show and he's got a very tolerant family that driving from New Jersey to Bloomington and back, he makes them listen to the podcast and they're not angry with him about it. Uh, they they have found themselves like they're reading and doing other things. But when they accidentally hear some of it, they they do really enjoy it. But as a a husband and a father, knowing on a road trip how much a a podcast can really help pass the time and even be a family bonding thing. And I do think there are a few families where they all actually listen to it. Um, and even people who it's just they have a half hour commute to work every day. And basically our episode takes up most of their commute throughout the week. They just do it in chunks. And I know how that is important that is to me with the podcast I listen to. And it's it's thrilling and touching and really motivating to know that that's what people are doing this week with this podcast. It's like, that's so cool. That That's really, really cool. And, and I need you to tell me that to your face, that that is your experience. Otherwise, I would not believe that's really happening i would believe you fast forward to like oh they talked to woody for an hour and and you spend that time but just to tune in every week rain or shine it's really really cool uh i do think though we do get a lot of that dynamic where the husband says we listen to you all the time on the road trip and then the the wife says yeah i listen to you all the time too (laughs) you know it's like yeah i know who you are and there are definitely sometimes where they just hate us a little bit and, and, and that is uh, a more common scenario, but we, we met up with a, a, a listener later who she was very much the fan yes. and the husband had been dragged along. He's from Iowa and really, um, really had nothing to do with. That Indiana. was Kathy. It was Kathy, um, uh, who went to IU, obviously, and then moved to Iowa, found an Iowa guy and totally converted him into a Hoosier even making him listen to the podcast. And and he was very tolerant of even having to hang out with us for a little while. He was. Uh, And then we met up with one of our favorites, Kent from Atlanta. And we dragged Kent to our favorite place to go at the end of the night, baked cookies. I don't know if we had to drag Kent. I think he was a willing victim. You're right. He was. We went. It was packed. We were like, seventh in line there were people behind us in line and we ordered nine cookies now i don't think that's egregious it 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 sounds like it because they're not small cookies and when well they're not big cookies but when you pack so many ingredients into let's say medium-sized cookies they they get big but you put a snickers bar in a cookie (laughs) that does up the count the caloric count if you will the the entire mass is significant all in but you can only order like one style per three cookies right so if we really want to try three different combinations we had to get nine they they made us i put oreo pieces snicker bar oreo cream cheese frosting in mine 
and and then we each get to try each other's. Mine, the one thing weird was I ordered graham cracker as one of it was it's a peanut butter dough is was my base, and I thought it'd be like crumbled graham cracker, but actually they they sort of just baked the cookie right on top of the graham cracker, and then I had some Heath bar in there. Um, I had just the the vanilla cream. Yep, and I feel like did. I'm missing an element I threw in there, um, but it was. I thought there was like a topping element, like a something, but whatever. There, there's so many ingredients. It's, it's a little bit overwhelming, and it's almost a good thing when there's a line, so you have time to try to sort through the million ingredients. And, and this was describing the experience to my wife. She was like, "What?" And so then they, they, they bake it after you order it, and you're like, "Yes, they're, 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 they do have some pre-made ones if you just want to grab a couple of go. I'm sure they're, they're fine, they're good, but these come straight out of the oven." right to your table. And here's how you know you ordered uh, an offensive combination and number of cookies. At a certain point, we were sitting down waiting for our cookies and Ward and Kent were talking and I was getting very tired because I was still operating on about two hours of sleep in the last 25 hours. And I looked around the restaurant and everyone was gone. Everyone that was in line before us and after us had gotten their order and they were still making our ridiculous menagerie of cookies. They were all gone. They were all gone. It was, yeah, like we basically probably needed an oven to ourselves. So it took them a little longer, worth the wait. The one thing they did forget that we definitely couldn't let them forget was that we ordered all those cookies a la mode. (laughs) So after they delivered us our nine cookies, they had to come out with three, uh, you know, styrofoam pints, half pints full of ice cream so we could each have ice cream with every bite of cookie. And then it was time to say goodnight because the next morning tailgating was going to begin for the biggest IU football game in a long time at Memorial Stadium in front of fans. Now you being the great friend you are, and I, you were trying to get me to get up at 7 a.m., which I told you was a non-starter. You did. You and did. so when I got a text from you saying you hadn't even made it up at 7 a.m., I was like, okay, this is good. I, I, I took my time. I actually, you know, showered. I thought the people deserved that, that I was going to be interacting with. And when Thank I God. got to the lobby, my dear friend Eric had a cold brew coffee waiting for me. I didn't even have to wait in line. Now, yes, were you operating out of, of of selfish motives of I need to get Ward out of here as fast as possible because he's slow? Yes, but it worked for both of us because out the door we went. Nothing is to... ever totally altruistic. <laughs> right, right. But But this was the shocker to me. I don't know if it was in route or once we arrived, but you had told you told me you'd never tailgated before you'd never been to a tailgate before which blew my mind because i just assumed not only in bloomington but in in sports events growing up or in la like you tailgated at some point never did it never have tailgated and went to the football games when i was a student at indiana but didn't tailgate i'm not a drinker so, you know, I, it just, I mean, we would do things like at our apartment before games, you know, like barbecue and stuff, but it never game pregame. Yeah. But never did the tailgating experience. And 
it 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 overwhelmed me. Here comes a clip straight from our trip. Yo 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 what would you call this tailgating area? We, South of the stadium? I would say we are on the north fringe of the tailgating area. No, we're not. We're on the south fringe. Yeah, that's what I said. No, no, you didn't. It's you a, said the exact opposite. You didn't. You couldn't hear that I said south? The, I said south. We all heard it. All right. We're on the north end of the south lawn. Nope. We're on the south end of the north lawn. Nope. We're south, baby. Come what? find us and say hi. We don't know where to go, we're but we're just, hungry. We're going to do switchbacks making our way to the stadium. I'm probably occasionally trying to find an actual tailgate we mean to find, but it's mostly going to be by happenstance. So if you want to come find us, come find us. That was a clip straight from our trip. I, I just, I could have done that for 10 hours, walking around, talking to various people, taking their food. I took a cinnamon roll from somebody. That's why you couldn't do it for 10 hours. Yeah. You, you, but, you, would, you would have put yourself into a diabetic coma. But we are sweating out. Like the second you drink something, you're sweating it out. I mean, I sweat through my shirt completely. It The, the light gray Indiana script shirt that I was wearing under the jersey was a different shade of gray Every stitch of fabric that was in that shirt, every stitch, totally different color. It props, was hot. Props to the retro Adidas Hoosiers jersey, though. It did a good job of covering that up because, you know, <laughs> look, it also probably increased the amount of sweat going into the undershirt because you were wearing a football jersey on top. But you, walking around this time, you weren't as gross to look at as our last trip to Bloomington Thank when you, you had the meat sweats in the middle of TIS. <laughs> that exhibited themselves by soaking my back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the meat sweats on the back is really what's difficult about my situation. So we got to just meet a ton of people, chatted with a ton of people, and just weaved our way through from basically – um, south of the stadium, you know, we're, we're starting from Kirkwood and walking to the stadium uh, up Indiana or Dunn, one of those, and and weaving our way through those tailgates. And we work, work our way over to Assembly Hall because the basketball team is doing their own tailgating. And everyone's there, the coaching staff, the current players. We're stealing Gatorade because we were dying of thirst and water. Oh. And they had some, yeah. They do need to put somebody on those Gatorades, though, yes. because some bear cat just cut through, opened it up, two, took two things out of the cooler and kept going. And he knew he, he didn't think that this was like, oh, this is for anybody. Watching him do that just made me realize how shady people who go to Cincinnati really are. They're awful. The only person that goes to Cincinnati that is not bad is Mike Roberts. He's just there to collect the paycheck. That's it. Um, so we got to interact with the coaches. Eric Gordon was there and getting to see Eric Gordon. I saw the moment where Eric Gordon and coach Woody saw each other for the first time. Did you get to see that moment? You told me about it. It was like, 
man, it was like when you see a really old friend that you have not seen in a really long time. They just big smiles. And I don't know what Woody relate Woody's relationship is with Eric Gordon. I mean, clearly they have crossed paths many times because of being in the NBA as long as they've been. But I don't think Woody was ever on a staff that Woody was not on the Clippers when Eric Gordon was on the Clippers. I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. so. But they just know each other. And, and maybe they've crossed paths in some summer stuff. I don't know. And clearly there's an Indianapolis really good guard connection played in Indiana. And so they, they've probably known each other over the years. But they just had this awesome moment where big bro hug – and it was just such a nice moment. And you see Eric Gordon interacting with the recruits that were on campus, which has to be awesome for the recruits. Mm -hmm. And we're just interacting with everybody. Everybody is so happy. And so the energy was so amazing. I remember we are having this long conversation with this wonderful uh, husband and wife, uh, great people live in Indianapolis, uh, they're talking about they went to Indiana and how big of fans they are and uh, how much they love this atmosphere. And we're just talking about how much we all love Indiana. And then as I'm talking to them, in between them comes this giant man, giant young man. I'm like, who's this? And they're like, oh, that's our son. He's a recruit. He's on a recruiting visit for Indiana. And I'm like, oh, and then I, I, I won't say his name, but I figured out who it was. And we just all had this great conversation. It was just awesome. You know, uh, I guess we could say who's there, but it, I mean, everybody knows who was there. JQ Roberts was there. Jeremy Fears was there. Sam Orm was there. Um, it was just awesome. By the way, Evan Gordon was there as well, uh, who's got a crazy heritage. I mean, it's out of control. Though nothing was more rewarding during our time with the men's basketball team outside Assembly Hall tailgating than when we were filming a video with Dane Fife, and a fan walked by and that fan said, Eric Ward, who's your hysterics? Didn't can, can, can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? Can I get, didn't even acknowledge Dane's existence. <laughs> didn't he, and we made sure Dane heard about that. Here's the video. Here come some clips straight from our trip. Hoosier serves live from the tailgating before the Cincinnati football game oh, with Game Five. That's me. Hey, I have all black on. I'm going Johnny Cash. Yep. Slim, it's slimming. It's slimming. That's why I'm doing it. And I do think that if anybody were to see these legs, it would be highly offensive. What do you think about of my legs? They're awful. <laughs> I would describe them accurately and I think Gordon's has uh, cankles. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When you went to your office after your long day of work yesterday, was it a smooth experience just getting out of the office? You can go no, and somebody had uh, ransacked it. And, uh, <laughs> Hooligans! Something. You Hello, Thank you! Oh, no, 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 no that's us. not you! That was us. That's us. Yeah. Hey, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite interview? Oh, you. Ah, don't say that! I was so excited that you said hi to us and not him. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Brothers. You yeah, nailed it. Boy. You nailed it. No, my my favorite was Tom Crean. I thought it was. Oh, oh! oh. Well, you got outed by Tom Crean. I like Tom. 
Alright, we got big fans. We got Dane Five. Any, open than Isaiah. Alright, any parting words to the Hoosier faithful? My first live I your game since Randall L. Wow. Juan, if you're watching, I love you. I miss you. I'm sorry I bullied you and took your number eleven when I got here. Um, you were more athletic, right? Much more. But my man Twan, I, I wish I wish I could see him. I wish I could holler at him, but uh, I think he's getting ready to play this week. I feel like you're trying to end my conversation. Well, I mean, you're just rambling at this point. We're talking about Antoine Randall's professional team. I love Antoine. Let me ask you a question. When this gentleman, this fan behind us, came up and screamed, I love your podcast, and did not mention you, did that bother you initially? Full disclosure, it really hit my ego. <laughs> All right, say goodbye. Wow, I'm still going. We then headed over to Cook Hall. We're in front of Cook Hall. The IU women's basketball team was holding a tailgate, although something conspicuous was going down there. Terry Morin was there. The assistant coaches were there. The strength and conditioning coach was there. Some dogs were running around. The support staff was there. None of the players were there. I said, Coach, where are the players? They're working out. What? They wanted to work out. They're going to go to the game, but they wanted to get their shots in. Wow. I mean, that's instead of enjoying the greatest tailgate that's happened at Indiana University in how many years, Ward? I mean, probably since the AT years, truthfully. When you consider what was going on inside the stadium or is about to go on inside the stadium – and the say. number of fans. I mean, just remember, back in AT's days, the stadium held like many thousands of people less. Yeah, but even back in our day, the the tailgates were that big. When we were wandering through the were fields. Were they really? Yeah. Sal, I mean, people, the quality of the team and the quality of the tailgate are not okay, all that enough. connected. So we then start to make our way back over to the stadium. We see some new friends. We see some old friends. Um, oh, we did try to introduce a new segment that we did not launch. <laughs> That's right. What are you eating? Yes. We tried and, to launch a new segment with the IU men's basketball team. What are you eating? And what are you wearing? And what are you wearing? Please feast your eyes on the pilot episodes of both. We're here still tailgating. We got, we're, gonna, we're just standing over basketball players eating. This is a new weekly series called IU Basketball Players Eating. What are you eating today, Miller Cop? Protein. Protein. Just straight protein. That's it. Michael Dorr, what are you eating today? Protein. That's 4K. That's 4K. That's 4K. Trace Jackson Davis just said that's 4K. We don't know what that means. What does that mean? What does that mean? On camera. No camera? On camera. On camera? That's what it means? Oh, got it. Got it. There's somebody from UC going in on the cooler. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, Bearcat. Whoa, Bearcat. 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 Lot theft. A Cincinnati fan just came and stole Gatorade, and Xavier Johnson let it happen. 
There he is. All right. Oh, are we still rolling? Yeah, we did. We we are finishing our first episode of What Are You Eating? Look at Tamar Bates just looking like this. Rate this fit. Uh, one to ten. One to ten. One to ten. I mean, the nineteen, the nineteen eighty-two Reeboks are my favorite part of it. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight seven. Oh, okay. Just, just eight seven. But wait a minute. What do we got here? What do we have here? That's only from somebody who grew up in Bloomington. That is, I'm going to give that a 9-4. Just for the balls to wear it. All right, we're signing off. What are you wearing? That's a new segment also. What are you eating? What are you wearing? Those were some clips straight from our trip. I don't know if either of those shows are going to get picked up by the networks. I'm not sure. Well... They certainly haven't picked up any of our other ideas. <laughs> so we head over to the stadium and we walk into the stadium and we take our seats amongst what was the official attendance number? Do you know? I'll look it up real quick. I would love to. I mean, it was a sellout. So what is that? 55,000? Has to be. It was packed. I mean, it was just awesome to look to your right and left and look into the corners and see them filled by the time the game was like a couple minutes into the game, it was remarkable. It was also Tarzan hot. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> man. Was. I mean, your head is still red. Okay. Uh, 52,929 is the official capacity. Incredible. It was, it was incredible. It was blisteringly hot. And... Look, we're not going to break down the game because that's not what we do. Because the game broke down and isn't really pleasant to talk about. It just sucked. That's the truth. Like, from the moment Micah McFadden... And, you know, everybody talks about the Micah McFadden thing as, like, the turning point. And clearly, it changed the dynamic of the game. But let's also not forget that before Micah McFadden got kicked out, we had fourth and one in the uh, red zone, and we gooned it. And, and turn the ball over in the red zone. I think the first Penix interception was thrown before Michael McFadden got kicked out of the game. It, it's, it's like, and, and by the way, Michael, Mc, I'm sorry, Michael Penix throwing an interception in the end zone has nothing to do with Michael McFadden not being in the game. So we missed opportunities. And when you have a good team down, basketball, football, doesn't matter. You better pour it on. You cannot not get points when you're in the red zone and ready to score. And we just gooned the game. First of all, that's a bit of an insult to the goons because, well, maybe it's inappropriate. But it it, it was like the polar opposite beginning of the Iowa game where we just got out to such an incredible start. And let's just bask in that. For, For the first chunk of that game, the sun didn't feel as hot. The, the seats were right. even more comfortable. Uh, we were becoming friends with everybody around us. And it was every, bes- besides the unbearable heat 
it, which was bearable because the game was progressing the way we wanted, was like, yes, this is amazing. This is, this is, despite what we did to the volleyball team and the soccer team, this is why we're here to watch this happen, to watch the Hoosiers take down a top 10 team. And we were handling them. We were up 14-0. It obviously should have been 17-0. Then it obviously should have been at least 20-0, if not like 24-0. Um, but but then the, the death of a thousand cuts, it wasn't like paper cuts. It was like gaping dagger stab wounds and just one after another after another that it really, we talk about momentum in a game. And it wasn't just like one thing like the McFadden hit or the fourth and one that we didn't convert. It was a dozen things that just led. It was, it it was, it was a remarkable turn of events in the plural that just led to us beating ourselves. Like very few other games. I can remember saying there, there's a game where it was a couple of key plays or this moment or that, or, or after the couple of uh, interceptions at Iowa, we just couldn't climb out of the hole. It was like, no, continuously gift wrapping the game and putting it right into Cincinnati's hands. It's on one hand, I want to be like, okay, we can clearly beat a top 10 team, but we didn't, so maybe we can't. And we lost by two touchdowns. I mean, in the end, we lost by two touchdowns. And yet, and by the way, and by the way, yet, by the we, way yeah, we we could have won with like we could have like less than five minutes to go. We still could have won that game, but of course, we just self-inflicted ourselves right out of it once and for all. Uh, and it was targeting. I mean, I saw the replay when I went back to the hotel. He lowered his helmet. Yeah. It doesn't matter that he's getting pushed into the guy. He lowered his helmet. You cannot like the targeting rule, but he did tar. I mean, that's the definition of targeting. He lowered his helmet and hit him in the helmet. So, like, you're gone. I mean, be it's smarter. A sh- I hate be the rule. Yeah, be smarter, be better. So, the game ends, and then, I mean, the worst walk maybe of my life. It, the the walk that we went on. From the stadium to the convenient mart first, where you did not want to stay in line during a super spreader event inside the convenient mart where no one was wearing a mask and there were a thousand people inside the convenient mart. And I just wanted to wait in line to get a lemonade. And the only thing I could find was something called juice drink lemonade. Well, and look, we could talk about it all day, that super fun, awful walk, or we could just play the video of it. Here comes a clip, straight from our trip. This is the walk of shame. We're walking back after the game. The long walk down. Where are we? Are we undone? Yeah, that seems about right. I don't know. But I, I, I feel shame. Yeah, I feel shame, but also I'm not sure if I can distinguish that from the heat stroke. I was sitting outside the convenience mart waiting for you stuck in between a couple of sets of Bearcat fans lamenting on how nervous they were for the first quarter and a half. That's that's what I just went through. I hope you like your lemon drink. This, I wanted a lemonade and this is all I could find. It says lemonade at the top, but then it says juice drink. No natural ingredients. No, no lemons were used in the making of this drink. Uh, Listen. Brutal. Brutal. 
everything about what just happened was brutal. And it's not our fault, so don't even try to say that. Yeah, I know. I mean, come on, guys. Have some dignity. We have <laughs> nothing to do with this. And we're the guys to tell you about dignity. We are it, nothing if not totally undignified. Um, if we won, this walk would be awesome. I would feel none of this pain in my lower extremities. But I think we're going to try to crash Lil Zagreb's. Or at least just hitchhike right home. You think if, these people will give us a ride home? I'm done right now. Please look for us. Do you think they'll give us a ride? I mean, it never hurts to ask. We got to catch up to them. Hold on. Do you guys want to? You guys want to give us a ride home? <laughs> nope. The music was up loud. I'm the sure answer. That, the answer was no. Said, yeah. The game ended, guys. You're going the wrong way. <laughs> All right, well, that's all we have to say right now. It was really rough, and uh, we're really disappointed. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. That's, if there's anything we want you to take from this, it's that this was not our fault. Signing off till later tonight. That was a clip straight from our trip. And then we had a decision to make. It was a weird time. It was like 4.35, around, you know, around 4.30. Do we do a late snack and then try to do big dinner? And I just said, we got, we just decided we got to go to Buffalo Lilies. You know, what, we were debating. We were what, debating. What, you were debating. And I, at this point, was so broken inside and out. Everything hurt so bad. I had had no food so far this this day because right. look if you'd wanted to get food inside memorial stadium good luck to you sir if you wanted life-saving water inside memorial stadium good luck to you sir you would still be waiting <laughs> that's the truth they have got to fix that stadium and until like, they do they just need to give water to at least young children and older people who I'm surprised there wasn't just a, a rash of dehydration emergencies throughout the stadium during the game. I would be fine if somebody just came by with a hose. <laughs> if somebody just ran down the aisle with a hose and just put your mouth up. But <laughs> by, by, by like midway through the third quarter, I would have drank dirty mop water. Yeah, I was just delirious at the by the end of the game. We walked back and we decided we got to go to Buffalo's. And there were 1,500 people in Buffalo's. And Ward was like, we can't do this. I'm not doing it. I'm like, Ward, we got to eat something. And Ward was not in a great mood and his feet were hurting. His toenails were hurting. And so I just said, you know what, Ward? I got this. You go sit outside and relax. I'll wait in line. And that's what I did. And I have to share a story that I, I don't think I told you about that happened in line. There were two Cincinnati fans behind me, like a middle-aged woman. I want to say like probably close to 50 and her husband who did not say a word. I mean, not a word. Yeah, th this is the woman who said I had a porn stash, right? She did say you had a porn stash. And as we're waiting in line, she's talking a little bit. She's asked me what's good here. And I'm like, I go, well, the chicken wings. Like, it's a chicken wing place. And I realized, like, you may not Buffalo Louis. Like, you may not know that that means, like, buffalo wings, you know? But right. yeah, buffalo wings, you know, chicken wings. Worth the oh, she goes, do they have chicken tenders? And I go, just get out of here. <laughs> just, where you, get out of here. Like, I don't care if they have chicken tenders. 
get some chicken wings. Like, don't ask me that question. Don't ask anyone that question. If you want to order chicken tenders, you wait till you get to the front of the line and you embarrass yourself and order chicken tenders. And they're probably really good. But don't talk to me about chicken tenders at the line of Buffalo Louis. But so I'm already annoyed with her. And then she goes, we're waiting in line. We're pretty far back. And she's looking at somebody that's near like where the entrance to the hallway is with the bathrooms at Buffalo Yeah. yeah. And she goes, look at the boobs on that one. <laughs> and I go, what? I mean, this is like a 50 year old woman. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, look at those. They're magical. They're unbelievable. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to do that for you. Like, I, I, that's weird. I can't be doing that. And she's like, no, you have to. They're unbelievable. Oh, she's coming towards you. You got to look, but don't let the dad see you. Don't let the dad see you. But here they come. Oh, I think they're natural. Those are natural. You got to look at those. Look at those. Good body. Oh, maybe it's the bra. I think it's just the bra. It's, oh, no, it's not. I can see the top of the. I mean, she just does a whole breakdown of this woman's boobs. And you're telling me you didn't look once. I glanced. I glanced, but I was the mature one in this relationship. Man. I was the mature one. That what did that feel like? Weird, unique, yeah, yeah. rare. Yeah. So I get to the front, I order 30 buffalo wings. And by the way, here's the other thing. They ask you, you want the wings, you want boneless or regular? If you say boneless, you gotta go somewhere else. Do I look like a 50-year-old woman from Cincinnati, sir? Exactly. That's the only reason they're on the menu for people that don't know what they're doing. Like I need, I want a wing that I can grab hold of. That's what I want. So 30 wings. I don't remember the flavors. I think honey garlic was one. You don't uh, like, you don't like the hot ones, do you? I don't, I like, I can go medium. I can go medium. I like spicy foods, but I don't like hot, hot Buffalo wings. Yeah. Yeah. That's not yeah, me. I, you stood in line and paid for them. So I wasn't going to bitch about it, but I was like, there's now no, you hot- are. There's no hot wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel as grateful anymore. It's, it, the, the restaurant is not called Hotalouis. It's called Buffaloes. Well, I mean, look, I get it. You're not as tough as me. So so that's why you don't get hot wings. But uh, next time when you stand in line for me and you order me food, do a better job. <laughs> I did order a second entree and sweet potato fries and curly fries. I ordered a pot roast sandwich, which and we split I- and I was skeptical. I was like, pot roast sandwich. Ugh, and it's so hot anyway. And it stole the show. It's, it's I, a sensational sandwich. I kind of wish we weren't talking about it right now because I am getting hungry. And I'm thousands of miles away from another Buffalo's pot roast sandwich. It, it is a sensational sandwich. So that ended. We walked back. I wanted to go grab some cigars and smoke. And Ward said he just needed a little time. He needed a little time for himself. So I've, we parted ways for like the first time in this trip. Yeah, I uh, I have started meditating. I started on my birthday. I've decided I'm going to meditate every day between now and my next birthday, see how it goes. And if there was ever a time one needed to meditate, it was after spending all day with you on the hot blazing sun and watching the Hoosiers completely shit the bed. (laughs) (laughs) So I smoked some cigars, Ward regrouped, we met up, and we then just smoked a little, then walked on Kirkwood, 
and found ourselves set up shop in a very similar place in front of ZNC in one of the tables. And our good friend Evan Martin joined us. And then Matt Osgood, who was our telecom professor and head of the telecom department, Ron Osgood's son, who is our age, uh, showed up. And we just talked and hung out. And I got a Five Guys milkshake. You got a Five Guys milkshake. We got a Cafe Pizzeria pizza, which, by the way, doesn't get enough love. Does not get enough love. Pizzeria, the new guys come on Pizza X. We love Eric Gordon's Pizzeria. We talked about Mother Bears is a staple. Cafe Pizzeria has been there since like 1958. There's a reason it's been there since 1958. It is sensational pizza. And I, what, because it, it was there when my dad went there. And it's the only place. When did, I don't know how long Nick's has been there. I feel like Nick's was there when my dad was too, but he was around for, for medical school and stuff. So, but I know cafe pizzeria as an undergraduate, my dad went there. So we'll get to Stromboli sometimes when he's down there too. And if I had pizza there at some point, I'd forgotten, but I will not because I thought this was you just bringing calories to, to the table as you do. That's what I do in any way, shape or form. Um, but like any pizza, if it's in front of you, even if you've just had a milkshake, you're going to eat the pizza. And wow, again, this we need to start going to Bloomington for longer trips because the number of can't-miss restaurants and items is just growing and growing. And we didn't hit Zagreb's. We didn't hit Farm. We, I mean, we, there, Up, we didn't hit Uptown, Uptown Cafe. We didn't hit Runcible Spoon. You Culver's. Know, Dagwood's. I did hit Culver's on the last night. Oh, you did. Okay. My last night. Um and we just hung out and then decided to, of course, end the the trip, basically, our last night together by going to see Hoosier legend, Indiana's own Clayton Anderson, who was going to rock the Bluebird. And as we're walking to the Bluebird with uh, Evan and uh, Matt, some guys start yelling at us across the street on the other side of Kirkwood going the other way. And we just kind of wave and keep moving. And then I look back and one of the guys is like making a beeline for us. And it turns out this was a guy that I had met at Buffalo's like two years prior that remembered me. And at the time had no idea what the podcast was. But when we were there at Buffalo's and I met him, I told him about the podcast. He and his group of friends from Indiana that all graduated together are fans of the podcast. And we just all started shooting the shit. And that led to them joining us to go to the Bluebird. Meanwhile, Evan and Matt Osgood had just said, we'll walk up with you a few blocks on Kirkwood and then part ways when you go to the Bluebird. And they get, because they're great, friendly, fun-loving Hoosiers like these other guys, here's just like seven dudes in the middle of Kirkwood shooting the shit for a solid 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, and those poor guys just having to stand there and listen to that BS. So then we're like, well, we're going to see Clayton Anderson. You guys should come. They're like, all right. They joined us. We went to Clayton Anderson's show at the Bluebird. We saw our friends that that run the Bluebird, and we uh, love being there. And a quick note on Clayton. You know, he's got, like, this great voice. He mercifully redid your campaign theme song with his voice instead of mine. Such a talented guy, and we all know that. But his band... And the level of skill and professionalism and sound, it was like... And energy. 
and energy. And look, it was not the crowd they would have had if Indiana had won that game. This, also not the crowd they would have had if the game, if tailgating didn't start at 7 a.m. That that That's what I'm saying. It was between people had already been drinking for 12 to 14 hours at that point, and many of them passed out before even coming out that night, and just the, the general lack of wanting to go out and celebrate. These guys, you, you wouldn't have known it. They were giving it their all. They were so sharp. They're so skilled. They had some choreography going on, and they're doing, like, Tom Petty and the sound is so full and shout out to the Bluebird and the sound job they do there. It sounds so good. I'm just like, this is an incredible performance we're seeing. And as Clayton said, he's, he's this close in Nashville to, to bringing Indiana to Nashville because he's doing the country thing, but he's doing it in his way. And it's like, he is representing Indiana IU Bloomington and it just feels really really fortunate that you get to see him in a venue that small with the talent and the skill and professionalism they bring to it. Agreed. Uh, But the best thing that happened at the Bluebird. Or the the worst. Yep. (laughs) Was that we walk into the Bluebird and a couple people would come up to us and say, oh you're the hysterics. Hey, your picture is up. Your picture is up on the wall. What? Yeah, from the Bobby Knight event. You know, when when Coach Knight came, your picture is up on the wall. We're like, oh my God, we're memorialized on the wall of Bluebird for in perpetuity? This is one of the greatest accomplishments of our lives. Uh, Ward, why don't you tell them what the picture looks like? Well, I was watching Clayton And one of the gentlemen who had walked with us from Kirkwood had gone over um, and taken a picture of it on his phone, and he showed it to me. And it was a great picture of Bob Knight holding the microphone, looking up, thinking about Hoosier fans, Indiana, what it means to to him, what what he means to us. And and then you're there to the side. Yeah, Um, looking really good, right, Ward? Yeah, oh. Uh, reverent you're looking reverent as you should have been as everybody in the crowd was and then of course as everybody who was there and it's watched the video knows and then and then i'm on the right next to coach Knight, right uh, closer to him actually than you are yeah much closer but i don't know if it was the actual picture that was taken or cropping that was done later but somehow where where I was in real life was now the picture frame on that side. That was right where the picture ended just off Coach Knight's left shoulder. Um, actually, plenty of room on the wall on both sides to make it a wider picture. But they were pretty adamant with the dimensions of this one. And and so seeing this on his phone, I was like, oh, but I th- I thought dimension wise, this is like a nice little uh, four by six or a five by seven. They put in the corner somewhere, We you know, because they got all the headshots everywhere and all that kind of stuff. But then when I actually walk over to see this thing, realize it's the reverse of the Mona Lisa. With the Mona Lisa, you always think it's going to be big, but it's actually this pretty small painting. Now, instead of this being like a little picture, it's it's like almost life size and it's just enormous right in between the two places where where you like there's the highest traffic in the entire place. Yeah. In a bench. And I, for for anybody who would just casually walk by it, you wouldn't know 
that I exist <laughs> forever. That's forever. That is forever. Uh, you should be in the video podcast for the people watching the video, put, put up the picture here. We'll drop the picture. Uh, it, it's, it's one of the, I feel bad about it. And I also absolutely love it. I just think it is so perfect for our brand that somehow that got screwed up and as, as, you are you were so much closer to coach Knight than I was as as I I love the bluebird that's that's where you know I fell in love with my wife many of my favorite times in Bloomington were in the bluebird and to to hang there in memorial and it, I was going to say in memoriam, in in memorial. Uh, well, but and that will be the case at some point when we're we're no longer on this earth. But you and Bob Knight are both still in the Bluebird, and I won't be. That hurts. That cuts deep. However, the comedy of it is so great. I would not trade it because you and I, we we go on these trips. We exhaust ourselves, and at some point, usually towards the end of the trip, something happens that just makes us double over in laughter and giggle, and we just can't stop because it's so funny. And that's what that brought to this trip. So as much as it pains me, the comedy is so fantastic. I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh. The comedy was not done for the night, however, because as we were saying goodbye, and I thought that was going to be the end of the night, we thought, let's grab a couple more cigars. Let's have just, let's just recap. Let's, let's just chill. We let's thought go we back might, to our favorite place. We thought we might even do this. We thought we might even recap the weekend that way. But the truth is your voice was pretty shot at the end of that night. It wasn't great. We were both pretty tired and we just thought, let's just smoke some cigars. And we went back to our favorite place where we were joined by a group of Hoosier alum that I should say alumni uh, who graduated a few years ago that were various levels of shit faced. If they were big fans of ZNC. Well, a couple of them were, but then a couple were a little more lukewarm. That's why. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. There was one guy amongst this group that was, I mean, nine sheets to the wind. I mean, he was so gone that he could barely uh, enunciate any word. I mean, he just spoke in sentences that were just one long word. And my favorite moments from that conversation are Ward and I are sitting on opposite sides of the table. They're sitting on a table at a table next to us. This guy is standing next to me and staring at Ward across the table. And I don't know what led him to say this, but he started with, it's gonna be what's gonna be. It's gonna be what's gonna be. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be good comedy. And then at some point, he got a hair up his ass that he wanted to explain to Ward about the YouTube show called Hot Ones, which is appropriately so here, a show about eating spicy chicken wings where celebrities eat chicken wings. And he started to explain it to Ward and he stopped himself because he realized, oh, I'm not sure this guy is with me on this. I need to make sure some of the basics are covered here. And he said to Ward, do you have you do, do you know a YouTube is? <laughs> do, you, do you know a YouTube is? And Ward just gets this grin across his face and answers earnestly. Yes, I I know what YouTube is. <laughs> and then the guy follows up with a very logical question after that. 
after you get that information, that the person you're talking to does in fact know what YouTube is. He then follows up with, do you have YouTube? <laughs> do you have YouTube? Do you have YouTube? And Ward finally says, yes, I have access to YouTube. <laughs> I'll and I'll get just, I'll get my daughter to set it up for me. Yeah. <laughs> it just it killed me. It just absolutely killed me. It was just drunken debauchery. And we had that conversation. We finished our cigars. We head back to the Bluebird. We thought we were going to turn in early that night. It ended up being like 2:30 by the time we turned in. And that was our last night in Bloomington. We woke up uh yesterday. Wait. Yesterday? We woke up yesterday. Yes, Sunday. I can't believe that was yesterday. Yeah, that was yesterday. And we put a poll out to see where we should go to the... What are you doing? I'm what trying to catch a fly. You're trying to catch a fly during the middle of this. Like you're Mr. Miyagi over there. Well, I, I what I think it probably looks more like if you're watching the video is that Winona Ryder, like at the... At the what was it at the yes, Emmys? Where, where she's just she's going on, crazy. Yeah, just like looking at shit that's not there. You should try to find that clip and put it in now. <laughs> it's Winona looking crazy, floating pizza in the air. Winona looking crazy, David Harbour is there. Yep, note it. Uh, so... We wake up, we put out a poll to see where we should go to breakfast. Village Deli, Runcible Spoon, Uptown Cafe. Village Deli won in a fairly wide margin, 42% to 32%. Thank you to the thousand people who voted for that. Appreciate Is it really 1,000 people? Yeah, like 1,000 people voted for it. Wow. And so we went to Village Deli where there was a long wait, but that long wait only gave us uh, time to do two things. One, catch up with Coach Steve Aird, who stopped by. And we got to chat it up with Coach Steve Aird, who we mentioned earlier. He is building, he wants to build a powerhouse women's volleyball team in Indiana. And he has the passion and the energy and the enthusiasm that when he's talking to you, you're just like, oh yeah, well, of course you are. You're going to win a national championship. Like, it just seems like it's inevitable. He just needs the time to do it. We love him. We love the program he's building. And uh, we got to we chat love- with him. We love the bag of swag he brought with us. That's true. He did bring and, a bag of swag. And but the the only issue was that he brought it in this really cool Adidas backpack, and and then he left the backpack too. And so literally, there's there's two there's two adult men in their mid forties. That's us. Who Eric's holding up the backpack, and we both realize at the same moment. Well, we can split up the swag inside the bag, but the bag itself, there can be only one. So I just shoot my right arm into the the strap that Eric is not holding, and I put it through my right shoulder. Eric, not to be outdone, works it up his left side. So now you have what's not less than 200 people out on Kirkwood waiting to go into the Village Deli. And if you're watching at home, you can see who won this this battle in the middle of Kirkwood. It was Eric. I, I you know, I didn't lose. I... I gave up. I said, you know what, Eric, you have it. I've got a new backpack anyway I'm really happy with, and I want you to have it. And I didn't think you would parade it back and forth 
and throw it in my face during the show. I thought you'd be a little classier about me giving that well, up. Well, then you don't know me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, <laughs> I must have been thinking of somebody else. But the other thing it gave us time to do is the wonderful family that we had met at the uh, tailgate in front of basketball, the Orm family, was there with their daughter who goes to Indiana and is going to be a doctor. She's a genius. And her friend, who's at Kelly like, School of Business. Is she like a neuroscience major? Yeah, or? neuroscience. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. What'd you major in, Eric? In telecom? What'd what, you major, what you major in? I, I made mine up. It was an individualized, individualized major. major. I, I really, I just grabbed the easiest, most fun classes I could think of. How, how, what's your favorite class? Oh, uh, I really enjoy um, Neuroscience 312, uh, where we really break down the synapses in the brain and how electrical signals uh, fire and cause things like feelings and just, complex calculations. What about you, yeah. Eric? Uh, I like bowling. <laughs> just just you trying to describe what uh, a high-level neuroscience class is, it, that's all the evidence you need that you would never take that class. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we got a chance to chat them up. Incredible family. Uh, just incredible family. Really, really enjoyed talking to them. And then we had a meal at Village Deli owned by Jordan Hull's uncle and aunt, by the way, who were working there. Wonderful people. We got to talk to his uncle a little bit. But the best was that we were deciding what to eat. And Ward was really waffling between pancakes nice. and waffles. Nice. And I said, hey, buddy, let's get both. Let's go have these. Let's go halvesies. I got to get some breakfast potatoes. You know, Ward got some eggs. The waitress dropped off the food. And as she is putting the food on the table, and this is like a college student. She just looks at the table and she goes, you guys are really carving up today, huh? <laughs> that is not what you want to hear from your waitress. She was shocked. Everything on the table was brown, basically, except for the little splash of yellow from your eggs. I was like, I got protein. There's cheese yeah. and eggs there. Wait, did she say carbing up or did she say carbo loading? Oh, she might have said carbo loading. Yeah. She might have said, You're, <laughs> oh, you guys are really carbo loading today. Uh, love the waffle. Love the pancakes. I give the edge to the waffle. However, we did not have the cinnamon roll pancake, which may have been even better. I have had that in the past, and it is extraordinary. It is so tasty, and as long as you can immediately take a nap afterwards, that's a great choice. And that ended uh, our time together in Bloomington. Ward uh, took off to Indianapolis. I putzed around Bloomington by myself. I actually had a dinner at Social Cantina, the How was Mexican that? restaurant. It was very good. Good right, tacos. Some Somebody had just recommended that to us during yeah. during the weekend, and I didn't know it. I really enjoyed it, um, and then went to Culver's for dessert and got the large blizzard that was just, I mean, it was just overflowing. I mean, and got to see John Laskowski. I was going to ask if there was a Laz in the house. The La original Laz was in the house, super sub. And let me tell you something. That place was banging on Sunday night at like 9 p.m. And he was working, like filling the ice machine. Like, I mean, the guy just is a grinder, you know? I mean, that's what he was as a player and he continues to be as an entrepreneur and a business owner. And you know what? Like, I just loved seeing it because you can tell like, what a great teammate. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that his employees are like, look, if he's gonna work that hard, I better work that hard. And I, I loved it. 
Woke up this morning at 4.40, got in my car, drove through a torrential downpour to get to Indianapolis. It was a scary drive. Uh, I do want to share one story from the plane. Please. I'm on the plane, and about an hour into the plane ride, I'm watching Wedding Crashers, which is a great movie. Classic. And I, I'm on the aisle, and the, the guy next to me on his aisle... I see him kind of getting up, I'm assuming to let somebody go to the bathroom. But I see out of the corner of my eye that whoever he is letting up is on the floor, like on all fours, crawling, and just crawls into the aisle and lays down. Just full lay down. And I am like, my head is where his genitals are, basically. Like, he's just sleeping. He just wants to sleep. He just goes to sleep. Oh, I should also mention this. He had no shirt on. (laughs) And and the guy that got out of his aisle seat to let this gentleman lay down in the aisle just got back in his seat like nothing was wrong. And I'm looking at him. I'm looking at this guy on the ground and I just start, I lean into the aisle and I'm, I'm doing one of these. I'm like... Like, is nobody going to, this guy might be dead. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what's going on. He has no shirt on and he is just laying in the aisle. And so finally I see a flight attendant poke their head out from the galley at the front of the plane. And I just go, "Uh, uh, do this. So what? What? Eric is uh, awkwardly gesturing to the to where the person's genitals yeah. would have been. Yes, I'm just like, come help this man. Finally, flight attendants descend on the situation and they like wake him up and they give him water and ice. And then he kind of like, after a couple minutes, pops back into his seat and I just start looking at him and he he puts his shirt back on, but he puts his right arm in the shirt and it's an Adidas like jacket, like a jumpsuit jacket. Yeah. He can't get the left arm in. He, he's doing one of these moves. He doesn't know where the left arm is. I'm like, I'm going to have to help this guy get dressed. <laughs> and I reach out and I grab the left arm. I go, here you go, man. Your arm right here. We get him situated. He sits back down in his seat and he just got these eyes like this. He's like shifty eyed, looking crazy. And then 10 minutes later, he gets up and goes to the bathroom. And I'm watching Wedding Crashers. I had just started watching Wedding Crashers. And I realized Wedding Crashers ends. He's still not back. And I go, I go to the guy in the aisle. I go, hey, has that guy been in the bathroom the enti- this entire time? He goes, oh, yeah, well, yeah. I think he's been in the bathroom the whole time. Wait, well, aren't you concerned? This was the gentleman laying down in the middle of the aisle. Are you concerned that he went back into the bathroom and died like is anybody concerned about- oh I don't, I don't know i didn't think about it <laughs> okay so i go to a flight attendant i'm like hey uh johnny lay down earlier is in the bathroom for the last hour and a half it's been an hour and a half <laughs> like should should somebody check on him and so there's some commotion and then a couple minutes later he comes up and he gets in and I just look at him. I go, I, and I had to just say something. I mean, I, I just needed to know what the score was here because I didn't know what was going to happen. 
Like, I didn't know if this guy was going to have to be duct taped to his chair, you know, or if there was something medically really wrong. I didn't know. But here's what I knew. If something was about to go down, I wanted him to know that I was on his side. <laughs> so I just said, buddy, uh, are we okay? And he goes, yes, sir. <laughs> and then he just sat down in the rest of the plane ride. Everybody acted like that was a normal thing that happened. What's happening on air travel that this is an acceptable behavior? Drugs are a hell of a drug. <laughs> that was my ending of the Indiana trip. Uh, that was more exciting than mine. There you have it. Ward, every trip to Bloomington with you is a treat. And with you, my friend, I, I get home, I'm tired, uh, my voice is shot, and my wife is like, how was it? Yeah. And I don't even know where to begin. You have her listen to this podcast episode. And that's what it is. It's like, because now my voice is recovered, my energy's back, and if if she asks me again, I'll be, uh, well, I just, I just said it all. So- here you go, because you, it, it's not really like once I start to tell her about one thing, then it leads to the other and to the next. And it's just always such an adventure. It's so fun. There's so many fun and funny memories and the 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 countless people that we know, the countless people we meet. It just makes every trip totally different and totally memorable. And if nothing else, I'm glad we have this. So 30 years from now, we can fire it back up and remember what a special one this one was. And I, I'm a little sad today. I'm definitely a little, you know, post Bloomington blues. Uh, this helps, but also knowing that we'll be back there before too long again, that also takes the edge off. Follow us on Twitter. So you can enjoy, uh, if you're not already, uh, our adventures, hopefully vicariously through the Twitter feed when we post videos uh, at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But the sometimes why. By the way, I meant to ask you this. Should I try to get the E and the I? Sure. I'm, Is that I'm, even possible? Well, I mean. merge it? You know. I have no idea. I'm going to try. I'm going to make it my mission now to try to get the E in the I. It would be worth not having a person come by and go, no, you know, I no, you know, I, you know, like that's great. That's special. But if, if we could lose that and have the full outright name, it would totally be worth it. Um, just imagine the success that would come. If I mean, imagine the number of people that are trying to find Hoosier Hysterics and they're forgetting about the E and the I. They would just give up and end up following, you know, I don't know, A.J. Guyton's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next week. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.